0: I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise.
1: Hello, good afternoon, everyone. Not good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospectives, but this is this is a, the, the special episode for. Star Wars Day. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. Star With...
2: Wars Day. The most important thing happening right now.
1: Yes. That's my co-host, <laughs> Matt Garingo.
2: Yes, it is I, Matt Garingo.
1: Uh I might put some links in the description for those of you interested in, in donating to uh, causes that really need it right now. And, quite frankly, it's very... Uh, uh, dark, disturbing time in the real world, so we're probably going to stray away from talking about that. So let's
2: complain about Star Wars. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Again, (laughs)
1: links in the description to support uh, 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 basically all women's rights. Okay. (laughs) Support
2: everything. Everything. Everything good and decent in this world. Support it right now. And also Um, Luke Skywalker. Yes. Um, Okay,
1: yeah. We haven't talked about Star Wars in full in quite some time. So I told Matt months ago, we should talk about the book of Boba Fett for May the 4th. And then so much happened, uh, both good and bad in our personal lives that, um, it just got a, a little, we got a little busy and then we were doing the, the, um, the failed award contenders retrospectives, with and, which ends with, uh, Michael Mann's The Insider Next time we talk, so I'm looking yes, forward to that. Yes,
2: that'll be coming out soon. Yes, hopefully. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think we could squeeze it in.
2: I really want to talk about a thriller like that right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, oh, fucking boy! Uh-huh. Um,
2: but yeah, and then that this week
1: was like, hey, we should do that still, and I was like, fuck, you're right. And uh, I think it's a good it's a good excuse to talk about why uh, uh, people are still mixed about Star Wars, and by people, I mean nerds. <laughs> who don't go
2: outside um yeah i don't know rp our, pe- our i think people are always mixed on star wars unfortunately well here's the thing i don't want to keep
1: like beating a dead horse because i think our opinions about star wars they still track like not just our personal opinions but like our opinions about the opinions on star wars like mm-hmm. everything we've said about why people react to star wars a certain way in brands it's still prevalent like and yeah. maybe arguably more so than ever. You know? It's like there was discourse, I don't know if you saw this, about the ending of the Book of Boba Fett, where it wasn't about any of like the character or even the plot logistics happening. It was like, oh, that guy spun around uh dramatically to shoot someone with his laser pistol. That was dumb.
2: It's like, really?
1: That's uh, yeah. what you fucking nerds are complaining about. I don't even want to get
2: it I don't even want to get into it too much, but like when I uh When I was watching The Book of Boba Fett, I was suddenly like, I recognized voices and stuff like that that I I wasn't so sure of. So, like, I went to IMDb to figure out who was who in each episode. And, like, I scrolled down and I passed, like, a review. And it was like, it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to fucking judge people, but, like, I can tell... That people have made up their minds before they've or they've watched something, you know, because mm-hmm. suddenly everything is bad. <laughs> like yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's not just with Star Wars. We should also say that, and that's something we can even be guilty of. Anyone can absolutely. can be guilty of it. Is that if you, I've like, been like...
2: I've been texting Diego about like every little thing I had wrong with uh, Spider Man No Way Home, and I mean at this point I'm angry at all of it, but. <laughs> You know that's that's what happens sometimes mm-hmm. I get it uh, just don't act like that's not what's happening <laughs>
1: yeah and you know um, and I, I tweeted about it recently too where I went back to look at a uh, at, an, at a, a podcast I used to follow pretty regularly and it's been years since I kept up with them and I was curious about what their thoughts were they're revisiting like a lot of the Star Wars movies right now. And I was curious about what their thoughts were because they recently revisited The Last Jedi. And I saw, I know there was a fan that they brought on to discuss it and someone else who didn't like it to discuss it. So I was like, okay, I'll check that out. And um, just the 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 way they were describing it and talking about like anticipating Obi-Wan because they, it, it was weird. Because they were saying like, I think Obi-Wan could be the next great Star Wars story. I don't think we've had a great Star Wars anything since Return of the Jedi. And then I, when I heard that, I was like, whoa, well, wait. I think you can, you can say like some stuff just isn't for you, or this. Yeah. I don't think this worked because of X, Y, and Z. But there's been a lot of Star Wars since then, mm-hmm. and I think at that point, you have to recognize that it's just not for you anymore. Yeah, that's what's weird, and that's it's... okay. Yeah, you know, there's other stuff. This is like the, in my opinion, the greatest medium of, of, of any art form filmmaking you know mm. and even without filmmaking take that out of the star wars equation there's like video games there's books there's comics and like i don't keep up with anywhere near to all of it like i i, I keep yeah, we, up with about just, none we... of it right now mm-hmm. but there's so much out there that if that's like your approach to star wars at this point it it's not it's not going to make you happy you don't want more star wars you want To go back to feeling the way those original movies made you feel, and you're not going to get that from Star Wars anymore, just because you've already been introduced to it, and that's fine.
2: Well, yeah, it's like you know, you don't love things the way you love them as a child, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you you could love them in different ways, or or love
1: something else, you know? Yeah,
2: you know, it's that thing of like you you you've watched a number of things from childhood that you loved, and then you revisit, and you're like, oh hey, like not as good as I remember. I remember that feeling. Of really liking it and I'm not upset that that happened but like you just it, you just change and then you learn to appreciate like I said like the stuff I liked about Star Wars as a kid is not why I still like Star Wars you know mm-hmm. it's like I've come to appreciate them as like films and my appreciation of film has changed and what I value in art has changed <laughs> and it's one of those things where like some stuff you know fell by the wayside there were plenty of fucking disney channel original movies i liked as a kid hey hocus (laughs) Hocus pocus is a banger hocus pocus is actually pretty solid i wouldn't go it's got this weird cult status now (laughs) yeah yeah. no
1: it's a for for a kid's movie it's tons of fun and i don't think adults want to kill themselves while they're watching it you know yeah
2: and um but you know it's like again like i i don't what I like about Hocus Pocus 2 is not what I liked about it as a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just, that's just how you change sometimes. And yeah, that is weird to be like, I haven't liked anything (laughs) Star Wars. I I mean, I'm not going to say that. The guy said nothing great from Star Wars. Yeah, they, they,
0: they, they
1: clarified that they did enjoy stuff, but they're like, I wouldn't say there's been a great Star Wars movie. And I was like, what? And they're like, you know, like the sense of adventure. Like they they would go on to explain it and I'm like, oh, you want like a new hope, Return of the Jedi again. And as Mm -hmm. someone whose favorite is Return of the Jedi now more than ever, I I can say you're not getting that again because it's just not going to
2: happen. It's It's, also just to me it's like, I don't know, there's there's a ton of good Star Wars stuff out there. Yeah, like you could (laughs) hate
1: every movie in the sequel trilogy. And it's like, there's so much other shit, you know? You could
2: literally, I, I'm not even like, I don't even want to just, like, you could literally not like a single Star Wars film, <laughs> and you, there's plenty of shit out there to like, you know? That's like, how big I, I've Star seen Wars... i takes
1: out there that are like, oh yeah, Knights of the Old Republic is like the ultimate Star Wars thing to me. And it's like, you know what? I don't, I love that game. I don't agree at all. I don't but agree, but... I'm, I get if, it, you know? If
2: that's where you're at, that's that's fine, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna... I, I'm always like, I'm interested because now, like, kids are getting older, we're on the, uh... Ten year cycle and shit. I want to know the kids who were introduced to Star Wars through the Clone Wars cartoon that that was their first Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think for a lot of us, it's still the movies. Like I think because of our age, we're still the, we're the last generation that saw the original trilogy before the prequels came out. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but I think now it's like that's why the prequels have become so cemented. Is just there are some people that that was their introduction to it. and it's going to be the same for the sequel trilogy. You know, yeah. It's 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 just a matter of time. And I'm just I'm fascinated by the kids who maybe that cartoon was their introduction, and then like you know their parents are like Did you know there's movies, and you're like what? <laughs> like that that would have been something, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see where it goes, and I'm wondering, uh what these TV shows, how they are influencing it. Okay, okay. good.
1: Okay, a lead in. I was going to like hard pivot and be like, anyways... Um, well, but we no, didn't no, talk
2: this... about what we originally were going to talk about in the opening.
1: Yes. Um, so there are some TV shows out there. I covered The Mandalorian with Gene and uh, other wonderful co-host guests over the course of the two seasons of The Mandalorian. And lo and behold, there is a second point five season of the mandalorian called the book of boba fett
2: yeah <laughs> and
1: um i i have I, I i don't hold me to this and this is all alleged but i would be shocked if they had the intention to make it a full spin off originally i think covid fucked them and they needed to have something out so they just made the Book of Boba Fett a miniseries instead of the third season of The Mandalorian.
2: Hey, that's 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 alright. We'll talk yeah, about there, there's that. There's
1: nothing inherently wrong with that. I just think that would explain a lot.
2: But before we talk about that, what about this, what's happening in the movie world of Star Wars?
1: I'm uploading this today, but pretend I added crickets there.
2: <laughs> well, weren't there... Uh... Okay, there was going to be the Patty Jenkins thing, right? Which she is still apparently attached to.
1: um, As the one person who was like, yeah, the second Wonder Woman movie was pretty good. Um, I I, I don't... I still (laughs) am not interested in her Star Wars. But uh, I don't think that... It's gonna happen either i I think they're just holding out for that one well
2: i think if it here's my bet my bet is that because i think when she announced it it was gonna be a movie right Mm -hmm. i think everything's going to disney plus if they're gonna keep it you know yeah like whatever deal they're working on it's like okay patty jenkins now it's gonna be a mini series on disney plus which i i kind of would rather have that i think the experiment of the anthology films that came with Rogue One and Solo, I think it's a fail. It's interesting, but it's a failed experiment. You know, mm-hmm. the the first failed attempt to turn Star Wars into the MCU, and I would be glad if they don't try to repeat it again. Well, the thing is,
1: they are now. It's just in television, which is
2: honestly well, yeah.
1: my preferred way of. That's that's what I'm saying is that it. if they're yeah.
2: gonna do it, keep it to the television Disney Plus shit. You know. yeah yeah yeah. that's all i'm saying because i can ignore that i guess is what i'm saying i
1: think it also just further reveals that you know people say like oh if you just approach marvel like tv it's like seasons of television like it's not but at least the production methods kind of are yeah where like the director will come in and the showrunner kevin feige will call the shots which isn't a a wrong way to approach a television show and it's just kind of showed how you can't really do that with movies if you want to make good movies often yeah Uh, it's just the different different programming different production mindsets yada yada
2: although uh, apparently the majority of the general public would agree would disagree with us on that i I think it's the silent
1: or the the loud minority on on film twitter Mm -hmm. i i don't know because i know i know lots of people in the real world who are like yeah Eternals is really interesting i want to see what happens Mm -hmm. next and i was like oh wow okay so there's something happening here
2: None of us will get that interesting sequel, I'm sure, but you know. Well, yeah, it it, bar- it like died at like 450 million. <laughs> like...
1: And, and hey, look, like like Zhang and Black Widow didn't fare much better, to be.
2: Yeah, um, but whatever. Yeah, we'll and talk... that's not what we're here to talk about. That's um, that's a whole other thing. The the, um... the
1: point being is that uh, I I think this will the Rogue Squadron film will also evolve into television. I think you're right because that's what happened with Obi Wan. It's what mm-hmm. happened with uh, Boba Fett. Boba
2: Fett was going to be a movie. Um, yeah, with our um, boy Josh Trank. The one interesting note that I kind of I kind of want to see someone do this, honestly, if we're going to do this shared universe bullshit in movies, the, 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 the thing people talked about that was part of the original plan with both Solo and Boba Fett was that they were going to both have a scene in each movie that was the same scene, and we are just going to get different perspectives on it. So one version of the scene would be from Han Solo's perspective. And the other version will be from Boba Fett's perspective. Do you follow what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember. I'm, I
2: think we brought that up before. I'm kind of interested to just see that. Like, I'm not saying, like, I want to build the entire movie around that. But that'd mm. be, like, an interesting little thing to do. Um,
1: but, and, hey. You, no, you know, I think that that's why all this stuff... Works better in television because you can yeah, plan for that in a
2: way. Solo would have worked a lot better as a as a show. Honestly, like, yeah. I mean, I, I like a lot of stuff in that movie,
1: and I'm a fan of it. But it but also I, I, what feels... I want to defend more is like the the characters are actually like really engaging, and I want to see them go on more adventures. Yeah, in a way that television could sustain. But I have trouble seeing where the end goal of it being a movie is. You it know also what I
2: mean? feels like seven different episodes of a TV show. You know like Mm -hmm. just crammed into one movie um and i think rogue one also could have benefited from that but that's a whole you know that's a whole No, i I
1: think you could have done you could have called it like rogue squadron or rogue one Mm -hmm. and that's your tv show and you follow like a Mm -hmm. saga and then you know the finale is the the death star raid stuff yeah yeah and then it's like whoa what an epic television show now do an episode we talk about a little bit more of like what the sorry what
2: I was going to say, like, you could have done an episode for each character. Because I think Rogue One's kind of big failing is its characters, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely agree with that, too. So, but... Oh,
2: unfortunately. Uh, all right. Other than Patty Jenkins, there was the... Who? Uh, Taika Waititi was going to do a movie? Uh,
1: Still apparently attached. I Again, I'm not holding my breath.
2: Yeah, but also, like, he announced, like, the next three things he's doing, and they aren't Star Wars.
1: Well, one of the movies he did is already in the can. Um, and I'm not talking about Thor: Love and Thunder, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm not—I don't, I don't know anything about. But I do think it's weird. That's the one Marvel movie they didn't show at CinemaCon. Um, They—he—he uh, uh, he did some like sports drama, some indie sports comedy drama.
2: Oh yeah, about a yeah. soccer
1: coach. That's like it's—it's it's testing like right now. Okay. Um, like okay. I, even today, I don't know. I got an invitation to something. Uh, un- unrelated but um uh, i saw it was like starting test screenings and stuff like that so i'm like oh okay i guess that's coming out this year i didn't even know he started filming it and it's done i guess so he's good also, for him that guy's got work ethic you know
2: he's also on that um our flag means death yeah have you seen that show no i have not I've heard good things though
1: yeah it, it's <laughs> a really charming sweet funny show and then like it starts piv- the drama how it pivots into drama is like Oh, this is like the Tyka flare. This is okay. like what he's good at. Because that's
2: the weird. Tyka's in this weird space for me right now, where he, his last movie, he got the most rewarded for, and it was also my least favorite of his films. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think not to be current, it's only going to age worse going forward. Yes. It it is going to be one of those like, why the fuck did that movie get any Oscar play type movies? Mm-hmm. You know. It 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 unfortunately is going to be that, and
1: I I think film Twitter brain has kind of soured people on him, and Mm -hmm. like because look the 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 dude has has a little uh, how do do I put this he he seems a little arrogant and and cocky. Now I don't think that is inherently a bad thing because plenty of white assholes do it all the fucking time. Well, there's never been a cocky
2: filmmaker, thank Christ. Wait, sorry. Say it again. I was saying, thank God, there's just never been any cocky filmmakers out there.
1: Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Taika's. Still, I, I'm not. I'm not. Well, I also think yeah. it's like
2: opinions kind of change. Like people were really excited about Thor: Ragnarok when it came out, and then it's also one of those ones where it's like, it like you going back to it, it's not as good. And I think a lot of the MCU are, is in that position right now. I think like Endgame is kind of like retroactively poisoned a lot of the MCU. Which is so weird to say, considering how well Endgame did. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it hasn't left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. But it's kind of like, did anything before it matter? You know, <laughs> like
1: yeah, um, I cause I know a lot of people in the real world that are still like, oh, they're still doing those. I thought it, I thought it ended. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh shit, they, they didn't like prepare for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is, you know, arguably a good thing
2: mm-hmm. in in the long run. We'll see for spider-man no way home which made almost two billion dollars somehow
1: hey, here here's the thing and this this does kind of relate to star wars there's a fucking dog barking outside and it's not mine so <laughs> That's someone's right. I got getting a phone call outside, uh, and, no so. it's fine it's fine um I, I love dogs but uh i i think characters like batman and spider-man especially in like the the recent viewing of matt reeves the batman which we also talked about It really shows like the power of those characters as like oh
2: absolutely yeah like
1: genuinely being like cultural touchstones and icons in ways that Ant Man a movie I like just isn't ever going to be and that's
2: that's okay that's That's fine yeah yeah
1: Um, but some of them are just gonna stand test of time longer and then other people are like a Black Widow movie came out Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Star Wars kind of has that power too when you flood the marketplace with TV shows constantly it starts diluting that a little bit mm-hmm. or a lot of bit as we saw with the films they made 5 movies in 4 years that's that's a lot yeah um and i i think people are are still discovering slowly that they made a han solo film and it, that's a movie that, in a way, has a cult following, which is weird to say about a Star Wars movie. I know, that's you know.
2: so strange that it's like there's a certain... Ba- but, I mean, like, good for them if you like that movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. there are dozens of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it, it is a little boring by the end. But, um, I don't know, like, the, the energy of that movie, you're totally right. It, it could be captured in a show, and all these other shows that they got coming out, they got, like, an Ahsoka show coming out. Uh, with Dave Filoni running it. Of course, because that that's, you know, that's his character. That's like his,
2: I mean, Ahsoka's like his child, basically. <laughs> like... Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and, let's see what, okay, uh, the, the Cassian Andor show, which is gonna be like a mm-hmm. spy show. It's run by Tony fucking Gilroy, which is
2: like. Oh yeah, which is so strange.
1: What, what's oh. he doing in Star Wars land? Still? But didn't he already, like,
2: bounce? Like, didn't he, like, he was like, he created it, he was on board, and then he's like, I have to step away like he's already kind of out
1: oh he might be yeah
2: I, I think something like that happened no uh
1: Gilroy wasn't able to direct
2: oh, okay. but he still
1: show ran the show there he, there was someone named Stephen Schiff who mm. became showrunner initially and then Schiff was replaced by Rogue One co-writer Tony Gilroy as okay. creator and showrunner in April 2020 okay alright alright so it's like oh. <laughs> he just that dude just keeps going back it's funny, because, like, you hear him talk about Rogue One, he's like, yeah, I came in to clean up the mess. Yeah. I didn't really care about it that much. It was a paycheck <laughs> job. And it's like, ah, uh, well, just when he
2: thinks he's out, <laughs> they mm-hmm. pull him back in. Where is Gareth Edwards? I want to see another thing from Gareth Edwards. Oh, speaking but...
1: of which, he is re-teaming with his Rogue One cinematographer, uh, my fucking boy Greg Fraser, just mm-hmm. fucking shot the shit out of the Batman and Dune. Um, they re-teamed on, like, a smaller movie, he said, and, and I think it just wrapped, like,
2: production a month ago okay. or something. Cool. So. I, I want to see it, whatever it is. Yeah, me too. I have
1: no idea, but that's, he's that's a, a talented like, dude. He
2: lives and dies by his scripts a little bit, but he's a hell of a shooter, mm-hmm. so, uh, I'm looking forward to whatever he does next.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he then is there anything,
2: movies. is there anything, oh yeah, fucking Kevin Feige's Star Wars project. That we don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's out there in the winds.
1: Now, Kevin Feige, we should also mention, just said he returned from a uh, um, like a company getaway trip with the upcoming showrunners and, and writers of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to plot out the next ten years of Marvel stories.
2: <laughs> he might be a little busy for Star Wars. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, but... I, I don't even know any hearsay or anything like this, but... it. Is he just gonna, like, burn out at some point? because like, he's you guys, just... I think we have to commend his abilities as a producer and a marketer, because mm. his work is, like, legendary. Whether or not you like it or not is a different story. Like, I yeah. think he's good at his job that he's hired to do.
2: And it's... And unlike a lot of producers in Hollywood, you don't hear, like, terrible stories about him, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, he'll fire people, of course, but he's not, like... He's not like all those rumors about Harvey Weinstein before the other rumors were out about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, the one
1: thing I heard was when he, he did, like, apparently got noticeably, like, aggravated. And I feel comfortable saying this because it was when he had to defend his boy James Gunn behind the doors. Because Disney was like, oh, we can't be attached to that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, a, that.
2: that's a moment to put the foot down.
1: Yeah, and so um, I was like, you know what? All right. It's just, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
2: I don't, I I, I don't mean that. to defend a fucking rich guy, but you know. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the last I heard, it was like a rumor, and it seemed pretty credible for a minute, and then nothing was announced, that whatever fight he was producing, uh, Chloe Zhao was gonna direct that Star Wars thing.
1: That, that was definitely a rumor out there. I don't know if, how true that was, but that's when I was like, oh,
2: fuck. Oh, and, fuck. Yeah, and as the eternal defender, like... <laughs> I'm all for it. Like she totally honestly having seen Eternals, it feels like she's definitely more in the Star Wars wheelhouse than superhero wheelhouse. Yeah. Like if I think she could totally do it.
1: I think um, people um like I think Ryan Johnson was like a it, it, or not was is a hardcore like anime nerd. Like he said Cowboy Bebop is, like is one of his favorite fucking things ever, which makes perfect sense. Yes. And I think Chloe Zhao is also like an anime nerd. I think she she fucking um, like said, she used to write like fan fiction on Ao3. Hey, there you go. And it's like, oh my god, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, um, that's a total hey, weeb.
2: Based on, I think what we're gonna end up saying about this episode, maybe what Star Wars really does need is an injection of anime nonsense. <laughs> All right, we can get into the book of Boba Fett finally.
1: Yeah. Well, let's see what. Else. Wait, wait, wait. Do, do we do we skip over any other production? Oh, well, Brian Johnson's maybe. Brian not- Johnson's.
2: Which I'm guessing right now is also going to be something that if it does happen, it's going to go to Disney+. Plus. Yes. Um,
1: I was going to mention some TV stuff, like opinions about the TV versus film debate, which shouldn't be the debate for okay. different productions. But I can honestly talk about it with Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I should also mention the Lando show is still slated to come out.
2: There's, a, Lando sh- there's a lot of shit that has yeah. been announced. Um, there's the... Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Acolytes or whatever. Acolyte, yeah, which is yeah. Uh, a High Republic
1: adjacent thing. Yeah. And then they said, oh, we're gonna set it on Coruscant. when I heard that, I was like, what? And then, like, 50 years before the prequels, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's, it's a Palpatine show. <laughs>
2: Palpatine's behind it all. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's totally a Palpatine show. Um, mm-hmm. I have nothing to confirm that officially. I just, that's my theory. And Yeah, if there's a
2: guy I it. just don't want to learn anything more about, it's fucking Palpatine. Yeah. But... Like, he's just a
1: dude who likes being evil. I got it. It's, yeah. He's imperialism and capitalism.
2: He, he's so evil, he laughs as he does evil things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's all you need. Whatever. Okay, moving on. Book of Boba Fett. Matt, Book did you of... like it?
2: Um. All right. So when I, I texted Diego, like, a few days ago, when everything was calm and good in the universe, um, I said, hey, May the Fourth's coming up. We, or do we still want to do something for Star Wars? And then I was like, fuck, do we have time? And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't have anything happening on whatever day it was. I will just fucking shotgun <laughs> the whole book of Boba Fett in one sitting. Um, and I kind of, I had heard mixed things. Um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew some of the, the twists later in it. Um, I kind of sat down expecting to do other things while I was watching it. And I gotta say, more so especially than The Mandalorian, it like hooked me from the get-go. I thought like the first episode I was like all in. And I really liked the non-linear story going on. I I liked what was happening. I'm not a guy who gives... I don't give a flying fuck about Boba Fett. Um, I was interested. And it was... I really... Really enjoyed it for the first four episodes <laughs> <laughs> when it was about Boba Fett. And then it stopped being about Boba Fett. Um, and you know what? It wasn't, like, the worst thing ever. Like, it wasn't awful, but it just it shifted in what it was. And I, I wasn't as into the other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's all, really. I don't, like, uh, I can go more into it, but, um... When it was, when the first... So, it, I recommend the first four episodes, I guess. Um, and then... Whatever. <laughs> what did you think of the book of Boba Fett?
1: I liked it about as much as I like my favorite Mandalorian stuff. hmm Um, I, I have been very open about going to Bat for a lot of the directors that have been able to showcase their talent the cast which are generally very good um uh what's her face died on the way back to her home planet so she won't be in mandalorian season oh three. yeah <laughs> <laughs> good fucking riddance um i love Tamora morrison getting a chance to be like a, an action star in in his later years i yeah. think he's always just been like a, a talented presence um, he's Aquaman's dad, which fucking rocks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ming Na
2: Wen is great. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, oh my wow. god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um. Assassinate me. Fucking. Oh my <laughs> god. Maybe yeah. that was a big reason I like these first ones. I episodes. mean, maybe.
1: <laughs> um. um. Wow. I liked. Uh, I'm gonna be a fucking shill and be like, I liked the cameos <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, until yeah. the
1: later half of the show, and the, by cameos, I really mean Cobb Vanth. Yeah, uh, my fucking boy from Justified, Raylan Givens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot to this show, though.
2: Yeah, that's the thing is that it's not nearly as ambitious as it could be. You know and i feel that it's here
1: here's the thing i've seen a lot of people say uh including my my podcast that i listened to earlier that i was describing a lot of people have said i think star Wars' new home is on television i think star star wars storytelling and television is vastly superior to the films to which i say what the fuck are you all talking about none of you ever ever say that again (laughs) holy shit i'm sorry Opinions are subjective. Subjectively, that's the worst thing I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. Mm. What do you mean? What What could you possibly mean by that? I don't understand. I'm sorry. The volume is groundbreaking technology, and at times it looks incredible and makes me constantly think, wow, we really can do anything we put our minds to now with this art form. It's incredible, it's wondrous, it's awe-inspiring. And other times I'm like, holy fucking shit. That's why these are all set on Tatooine. Because you don't have the fucking budget to make anything else look good. Uh,
2: Sorry, it's like was, very well, upsetting. I me. might have to disagree a little bit on... How I thought the show actually looked really good. Um, I thought, in a way that The Mandalorian never really did for me it kind of justified this weird like, let's go back to kind of the original trilogy aesthetic, you know? hmm And it kind of has this cool thing of like, you know, and it's more of a nerd thing. It's not like something that appeals to like someone who maybe isn't a Star Wars fan, but like, what if we got to see the old Star Wars world with effects from today, you know? hmm And I think that, I honestly thought the show looked really good. Um... And I thought The Mandalorian had a lot of cheapness to it. Um, I didn't feel it as much. Now, maybe it is because a lot of it is set on Tatooine. Um, But the first part of Episode Five, Return of the Mandalorian, (laughs) (laughs) um, when it's on that, uh, like, disc planet, um, I thought that, that ring world, I thought that looked really good, honestly. It maybe a little later. It falls off in like the last few episodes.
1: Yeah, by then they're throwing in like a rancor and shit. And look,
2: here's the thing: I'm fucking being harsh on it
1: because I I don't want Star Wars to just be television, and I don't think it looks up to par with stuff of of recent Star Wars films, like even Rogue One and Solo and Rise of Skywalker, which are generally less well. Well, Yeah, but those are also look. The difference is television budgets do not have the bandwidth Mm. of movie budgets, and that's okay. Uh, But I think for Star Wars, you kind of... You need it to kind of be the most expensive show on air at the moment. which
2: was the problem Lucas ran into when he kept trying to produce his own Star Wars show.
1: Yeah. Smart guy, that Lucas.
2: Well, he kept trying to, like... It turned out, like, a single episode would cost as much as a movie, at least back then. They've at least they're not that expensive now but it's still i aren't isn't it like 10 million an episode or something crazy like that it's like
1: 10 to 15 million an episode yeah
2: yeah so like yeah the same but budget
1: I'm... as something like the morning show which yeah. is shocking to me because <laughs> i've seen ads for that show and i'm like where's that money going it's apologies going to, to, to anyone who likes the morning show
2: it's probably going to actors who like can still kind of be like i'm a movie star i'm slumming it in television <laughs> On streaming, you know, you still have to kind of force people to do streaming shows. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I thought, um, I liked it. Like I said, I think it lacked some ambition to it. I liked the setup of Boba Fett. He's turned over a new leaf. He's not going to be the ruthless assassin anymore. He's going to take over for Jabba. um, And, like, trying to get the different factions in order, you know? You're I like hate that... me
1: For this, but I I loved that too. I mm-hmm. actually think it's a fascinating premise to take this character through. It totally reminded me of like Mass Effect, I'm like you got to like get all the different coalitions no, no, I, together.
2: I, I I would probably agree with that. Um, I think a problem is that they kind of I think when when you explain to me that this might be just a downgraded season of The Mandalorian that they had to scramble to make because of COVID. Um, a lot of it started to make a lot more sense to me, you know? And mm-hmm. I think a big problem here is that they pick their end point when they started it, you know? Yeah. So, because, like, you keep getting introduced to, like, you know, there's, like, oh, this is an interesting character, this is an interesting thing, this is, oh, there's like, these different factions are interesting. It's, like, ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, and then at the end of 4 it's, like, okay, everyone's on the same page, right?
0: hmm
2: <laughs> And it's, like, I don't know if I'm... I don't think so... <laughs> I'm not as cool with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I... I, Like I said, I, I liked it, but... Also, like, going in-depth on Boba Fett's character, and I think that's just been a problem with a lot of the Star Wars shows, is that it feels like they made their decision about how it was going to end before they started it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. You and had I... a very uh, insightful tweet recently about how the Mandalorian is, like, you know, it's about a bounty hunter. Well,
2: you know, I said... What I said was that it's crazy. There are two... Essentially two series on Disney+, Plus that are about bounty hunters. One starring Boba Fett. One starring someone who is Boba Fett in everything but name. And neither show is about bounty hunting, really. (laughs) Like, and it just... Like, like be like okay you got a new target each episode like that seems like such a simple setup you know
1: i know i think it's part of the problem with like the 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 prestige television approach the
2: prestige television thing which everyone's doing wrong they're all trying to be breaking bad and i'm everyone who's ever worked on breaking bad has admitted they were making that shit up as they were going along yeah that's my fucking rocks um there's so there's that and there's also the the weird streaming model um one thing that i Kind of hated, especially about the first season of The Mandalorian, is that it felt like every episode started with the third act of the last episode (laughs) and then only had act one and act two and then it would end, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this is to get people to binge watch it, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Which
2: didn't make sense for Disney Plus because Disney Plus was releasing them like week to week, which just made it frustrating. It's part of the reason why The Mandalorian never kind of hooked me. And another thing I liked about the book of Boba Fett is that every episode felt contained. Um, again, it, I would like a show where it's just about bounty hunting. <laughs> but for what it was, it was like, okay, there's an arc to each episode. And I thought they threaded that needle really well. Whereas Mandalorian, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I could tell you the broad strokes of the season. I couldn't tell you like an individual episode, you know? I I could tell, let me see.
1: I I can tell you the episodes. In fact, I think the structure is better in place for the individual episodes of The Mandalorian. It's just that Boba Fett kind of threads all that better until the The Mandalorian stuff comes in later. The Mandalorian of it all. Here's the thing: I wouldn't even say the Mandalorian stuff that comes in is bad. Uh. It's just like I wasn't watching that show. Why is that my show now?
2: That's what it kind of. I will say. Well, uh, uh, just to, I'll talk. I'll to jump ahead. I'll talk about the that episode first. Um. Well, what was that?
1: I don't know. I heard that too. That was weird.
2: I, that was strange. What the fuck was
1: that? I don't know. Should
2: I keep that in the episode? Um. I guess I don't know what that was. In case episode. we're
1: murdered or go yeah. missing, anyone um, follow that noise.
2: All right, return of the Mandalorian. Um. I, I which is the Bryce Dallas Howard directed episode. Uh, and I think she did a very good job. Uh, I hated the first part of that episode like so much because it's like all Mandalorian, like not even just the Mandalorian, it's all like Mandalorian lore nonsense hmm. that I've just never cared for. And at this point, like I can't keep up with it. Like I don't know what is what with the Mandalorians anymore. Because it's changed so many times. (laughs) And it's that problem, I I think, part of the reason why, because I think this got, like, a mixed reception from fans. Uh, I think part of the problem is that Boba Fett is such a, like, blank character that you can project whatever you want onto him. And then if you start defining him, it, like, clashes with what people want from the character. Uh, Whereas I thought the Mandalorian show was, like, a weird, like, stopgap of being like, okay, we can't do Boba Fett so let's just make up our own Mandalorian and we can do whatever we want. And then they brought Boba Fett back anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, uh... Yeah. Like, I hate all that stuff with the Darksaber. I hated, like... uh, It was just so boring. But when he goes to, uh... wherever the fuck he ended up, uh... and he gets the old... He's on Tattoo and he gets the old, um... Oh god, what's that planet called? (laughs) Uh, Naboo, Starfighter. There you that's go. Like, that's, all, that's been all fucked up. Like, I like that part of the episode a lot. <laughs> where it's just the Mandalorian, like, flying the ship and, like, them working on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that was fun. It was, like, this little self-contained story. I didn't like the lore dumps. And that ends up being a problem for the last few episodes where, like, a chunk of it is feels like a lore dump and then the rest of it is an episode.
1: I want to talk about my problems with the next episode but I also want to go to bat for the Return of the Mandalorian episode because here's the thing I actually think it's in in a bubble I think it's actually a pretty strong episode again it's just it's connection to this this series the Boba Fett miniseries uh, is baffling at mm-hmm. best and retroactively the, these final three episodes all the Mandalorian stuff in it fuck up any remaining goodwill i had from the end of season two of the mandalorian really because it also it, it cuts off like all the dramatic tension the dramatic tension of the finale of season two is actually really really good in my opinion it's like he's protected this kid who, who's grown to love so much and he has to say goodbye so he can potentially have a better future and it's, it's like this incredibly human moving moment and then in the corner you have fucking dead-eyed robot Luke Skywalker and I was like, why the fuck is that here? But the moment where like the Baby Yoda's like touching his face and they're saying goodbye, like that that is so good to me anyways I, I was really moved by that and it was just so anger inducing as I was watching like Luke Skywalker fans jerk off to him getting really violent and being like, they're that's, totally you know, that's redeemed. my humor. This of this my Luke Skywalker, and it's like, you're a fucking 40-year-old man with kids. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, um, i like, sorry.
2: I think I've, ta- I've made my point about that where it's like, I'm, like that's fine, like, I'm a nerd. Like, that's fine to see Luke Skywalker come in and, like, fuck some people up. Like, that's fine, but, like, the weird, like, he's been redeemed was the problem I had. Yeah, of just, and, like, you know, in hindsight, he didn't do anything.
1: too, <laughs> in, and in hindsight, too, it's like, oh, this also further solidifies his arc in The Last Jedi, because it's yeah. like he's be he's starting to become colder, you mm. know? So suck my dick nerds. Um yeah, I did not like the appearance
2: of Luke Skywalker in this. Yeah, and this this was worse than it was on the Mandalorian. It's bad. Um it's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, like I I'm not like super angry cuz like again, nothing really happens. Like it's just them like standing around training, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean and, there's no like all, all my anger at the dramatic release of tension from the Mandalorian season two is just that this is Mandalorian story stuff. Yeah. It, it, it's in this show because they're, they're trying to build like a shared universe of television programs
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and that's it. None of this like it is actually like built upon in this individual show we're watching. And then furthermore, the end of season two of mandalorian has this fascinating conflict with not only just him letting baby yoda go with luke but also like oh shit the mandalorians that you were working with and you become close with now you're there there's conflict between you two because now the mandalorian whose name i also forget all the time so i'm gonna keep referring to him as the mandalorian
2: yeah, it's it's a dumb name it's okay. it's all
1: it's all so ridiculous um
2: which is part of the fun, but then,
1: you know, you run into trouble like this, you're trying to explain it. And, you know, him and uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica lady, mm. they're going to be in conflict now because now he has the right to lead the Mandalorian. And it's like, it's ridiculous, but I kind of like that conflict. And then, oh no, now they've got uh, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. What are they going to do with him? Are they going to keep him imprisoned? Do they have to, like, team up to, like, rebuild the Mandalorian Creed or whatever? And it's like, there's all
2: these fascinating threads. Oh, did he just die off camera? <laughs> Is yeah. that what they were implying? Like
1: I don't know. I hope not, because um, that actor said like, "Oh, if you thought season one was good, wait till we get to season three and four. So I guess he's in them still.
2: Yeah, I like I said, it's probably just a weird stopgap of the COVID thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, but like I, I didn't give a fuck about the Dark or because like they've also done the Dark thing at this point has been done too many times. <laughs> like it's not that interesting to me and but yeah well, it was weird. To, it was
1: like really quick i want to say like to your start stop thing too that's also such a problem with like the Felony like canon which yeah. i'll refer to just to not, this is nothing against him but it's like all the dark saber stuff in clone wars i'm like oh this is kind of the shit and i'm like oh it comes back in rebels how did it get there ah well we kind of hand wave it away there's kind of an explanation not really okay whatever and then it pops up again here and i'm like all right hold the fuck on <laughs> like this is like, the third, yeah. third time is not the charm dude <laughs>
2: Yeah, Filoni's doing this thing where it's like, I kind of uh, admire it of like he's carving out kind of his own universe within Star Wars, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he brings back the same characters, same threads, all that stuff, but it's getting a little wonky, and I think, I don't like, I don't want to be mean to Dave Filoni, because like I really appreciate his work, but I don't, I wish he kind of just stayed in the animated universe, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it that seems to be a better wheelhouse for him,
1: and I'll say I I think he's vastly improved as a director. He directed yeah. the first episode of the Mandalorian, which I thought was just like awful, and then he did the first reintroduction of Tatooine episode mm-hmm. in that first season. And I was like, holy fuck, this dude! I'm sorry, thank mm-hmm. you for keeping Star Wars fandom afloat for a while, but stop. And then I'm gonna say, and I think he's improved, and it's it like, seems okay, so like he can...
2: has his own interests. And I wish they would just give him a stage to do that, as opposed to, you're going to be, like, third build on the Robert Rodriguez-directed John Favreau-written <laughs> Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird... And I, I feel like... What's with John Favreau? Is he, like, jockeying to kind of be the Star Wars guy now? Like... I don't know. I think so. And I can totally understand, because
1: it's fucking Star Wars, so I think yeah. anyone who, you know, let... Let they, without sin, cast the first stone. Because I think we'd all kind of... At least we most all of would. us would do that. We and absolutely I totally would. get it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That dude needs a fucking writer's room
2: so bad. Yeah, he needs... Oh my god. And it's... I don't know. It's... His writing's not the best. <laughs>
1: I mean, um, it, it's kind of the George Lucas thing, which I don't completely agree with anymore, but um, when people would say, like, oh, he's a great idea, man... He needs someone to get his ideas on the paper. I think you could have someone help solidify his ideas on the paper. But I also
2: think Favreau's a little out of step with what Star Wars has evolved into, you know? hmm Like, a lot of the Star Wars shows kind of feel like they're doing circles around the original trilogy. Yeah. And they don't know how to they don't know how to become their own thing, really. Um, which was the brilliance of the Dave Filoni animated shows is that they kind of just went in their own direction at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And i would like to see more of that with something like the book of boba fett but it's like not only did they bring it they tie it back down it's like they dragged it back with like ahsoka's here and r2d2 and luke and the fucking child and we had cad bane show up oh
1: yeah yeah um, um i saw people criticizing the look of that and it's like as the one guy who was just going fucking hard on how i think the show doesn't look that good and star wars i like Ca- look that good i, I didn't mind
2: how cad bane looked. no it's fucking
1: like, good like whatever yeah. he doesn't look exactly one-to-one to his animated counterpart but like did you do you see what they were capable of like that's <laughs> impressive to me you yeah
2: know? but and also like I, I mean doesn't look one-to-one to their animated counterpart fucking like did you think Obi-Wan and Anakin on the Clone Wars looked at all, like, their film counterparts? Yeah, I know. Like... I mean... It's like, like, like my, my, my
1: response to that has always been, like, well, you know, it's, like, animated, like, ownership. It's giving them little exaggerated features. And also, I'm sure it was cheaper to animate them that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, that's I'm it. Sure that's the that's, reality of it. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, Like, totally wrong with that. develop your own style when you do that. It, I, w- I would be annoyed if Star Wars had, like, a house style that's, like... All the movies have to look like this, all the cartoons have to look like this, all the books, all the comic books have to look like this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Anyway, also, remember when everyone complained about, like, the kids on the swoop bikes or whatever they were?
1: Yeah, the American Graffiti kids?
2: (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck was that about? Like, that was cool. I don't know. Also, that chase, I don't know what they did, but that, a lot of that looked in camera. Like, that chase looked really good. That was uh, oh. that was Rodriguez episode, right? Um, yeah, the streets it? of Mosespa. Yes. Yeah. yes, it's the one of like three he directed.
1: Yeah, it makes perfect okay. sense. I got to be honest, I, I I was less keen on that first
2: episode than you were. Mm-hmm.
1: That episode, that third episode, I was like, all right, that's yeah. Rodriguez.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I can't tell you. Like, I really liked. I was just so into. I don't know, got me from the start, which I really wasn't expecting. I liked the kind of parallel stories going on, and I liked uh, Boba Fett kind of being taken in by the Tusken Raiders. Now, there's a little bit of weird, like, uh, noble savage stuff going on here. Um, yeah, yeah it's it's a little odd you can kind of get away with it because none of this stuff is real mm-hmm. but it is kind of reliving like weird white guy fantasies
1: no it, it totally <laughs> is it's kind of like why avatar is still like you know kind of problematic even though it's like a science fiction fantasy adventure movie yeah it's also like no no, no it, it it is it is doing noble savage bullshit and and dancing with wolves like people's criticisms about that are not incorrect how they're utilizing those, utilizing those criticisms. Is incorrect, I would argue. Uh, But Mm -hmm. here, I I also I'm glad you brought that up because I have some weird feelings about how John Favreau uses aliens in these series. Mm -hmm. They're always like monsters or like antagonists, and like
2: yeah.
1: And I I don't know. It's like it's it's part of my problem with like Star Trek a lot of the time now too. Yeah,
2: Star Trek has that problem too. And it's like it's (laughs)
1: supposed to be about like these communal experiences, and what better way to show like communal adventures than to have like a different race
2: and, and, it's, and species it's the more humanoid the aliens are the more human they behave you know yeah right. and it's
1: it's it's very strange mm-hmm. to me I, i'm not a fan of it frankly uh like i don't need the huts to be high-fiving boba fett or anything like that but yeah <laughs> um, i did
2: like i did like the twins that was kind of funny i, I like i didn't expect that
1: <laughs> oh no no I, I like that stuff yeah <laughs>
2: Oh, and I do like the Wookiee they have. Um, oh, that
1: dude's awesome.
2: Yeah, I hope he does more in some way. Yeah, just fucking, just, just bring him back. Yeah.
1: Also, shout out to uh, Steven Root, who was in this oh, show. Oh, yeah, who had,
2: like, one scene. Yeah. <laughs> Another guy who should just, they should just make him a mainstay. Like, fuck it. Is, is uh, he, like,
1: okay? Because I started the new season of Barry, which is fantastic. Uh, horrendously depressing this season. <laughs> but it, it's great. Um, Stephen Root has only been in one episode
2: or one scene of that show so far this season too. So, huh? Well, I, I think, think he's okay. He, he did kind of leave uh, where he left off at the end of season two. I I get why he wouldn't be in a ton of it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. But well, I was like, I, he oh, was wow.
2: in. He had one scene in um in fucking the tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> That's right. And he's doing a lot in that scene. He's, like, running around, like, acting like he's, like, bumbling, kind of. He So he had a lot of energy for that. I hope he's all right. Steve yeah, you. yeah. Be well, wherever you are. We, I, we you. do have to
1: remember these are all COVID shoots, so I'm sure everyone's, yeah. like... And also, the three separate things we just mentioned that he was in were filmed on different countries, sometimes different continents, <laughs> so, you know.
2: That's because he just appears anywhere. Yeah, like, he, he can see- just do that. Like I said, it's a wild... Ste- I did not, like... I almost had to pause the tragedy of Macbeth <laughs> because I was laughing so hard when I realized it was Stephen Root.
1: God, what a fucking movie.
2: That was a good movie.
1: Yeah, I love that movie. I love um, that stuff. Let's see uh, what else. But, uh, I don't know. I kind of went hard on the criticisms about it, but I really did, like, have a lot more fun with this than I expected to. Yeah. And like I, I say, saw people, you're... even people that were, like, in the bag for the Star Wars TV shows being like, I don't know about this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, here's... What I would say. Um this is the way I kind of rank Star Wars stuff. It's like, would I recommend it to someone who isn't into Star Wars? I probably wouldn't do that for the Book of Boba Fett. Um now if you are someone who likes Star Wars, maybe you're not like super into it, but you like it. I would recommend the first four episodes <laughs> of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, if you're willing to go deeper, uh, The rest isn't, like, a train wreck, but it's just less interesting. And I think it's important to just know, going in, that the first four episodes are basically a different show. So. I thought the finale
1: was tons of fun.
2: It was fun, but... Yeah,
1: it's... It does do do that thing where, like, um... This happens with a lot of, like, spectacle-oriented stuff, where, like, the actual, like, interesting drama of it is over, but you have to finish the physical action climax, and it's just... You know, it like totally fizzles. Like it, it, it ends with like a Kingdom Hearts hero shot. I saw someone mention mm. on Twitter one time. It's like all the friends rally around uh, uh, the town square with Sora, Goofy, and Donald, <laughs> and then the camera pans
2: up and you go on to the next world. You know, mm. that's totally what it felt like. And I will say, I could kind of understand. Like, I don't want to like give too much to fanboyism, but I could maybe understand being a little frustrated that like this is a show it stars Boba Fett and they they basically sand the edges off of Boba Fett you know Mm -hmm. like I mean this is literally a story with like if we're following like the Joseph Campbell you know uh hero journey it's a story that starts with him in the belly of the whale you know Mm -hmm. and he he goes through a metamorphosis like right after and he meets a goddess who will assist him and shit like that like (laughs) a, a lot of that happens um And I could see maybe if you wanted, like, a Boba Fett who, like, didn't give a fuck about people, you know? Like, Boba Fett who walks into a bar and just, like, the guy's like, we have to negotiate. And then, like, Arnold and Commando just goes wrong and shoots him in the head or something. (laughs) I could maybe understand that frustration. But if if you're willing to approach it and just be like, whatever you got, just show it to me. You'll enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Still, I gotta okay. be honest. Even other Star Wars fans would be like, "No, if you're like super into Mandalorian stuff, then sure." But
2: uh, like I said, also I, I, worth noting, the first four episodes is what I'm really standing by.
1: Okay,
2: I think those first four are really good.
1: Um, also worth noting two things: one that the finale does also essentially retcon the ending of season two. Well, not retcon; it just it it undoes the finale of of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And so next season, it's like you know you have to watch Book of Boba Fett now, which is just shit I hate now. Yeah, like, that's, I'm, that's I'm done stuff,
2: with that. And that feels like what they're trying to do more and more of with the Star Wars shows, which will yeah, just get frustrating.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't like I, I mentioned I'm probably not going to tune into Obi wan Um, God bless the one McGregor, but uh
2: I uh, will. Sorry. I will eventually, but I'm also somewhere it's like. Part of the reason why I didn't watch um, any of this, you know, like, why I didn't watch this when it was airing is because I don't... Like, just give me every episode. Like, I don't want to... I also was expecting the Mandalorian thing of it kind of being built for streaming, whereas The Book of Boba Fett didn't really have that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have watched it had I known the the individual episodes kind of stood on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I get it. I'm going to wait and see with Obi-Wan. I'm not super interested in what happens with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, but, hey, we will see. Yeah, I, I just
1: have one more thing about Jon Favreau, who I'm a fan of, but I have questions mm. about. Um, Jon Favreau, The Mandalorian's creator and showrunner, soon clarified that The Book of Boba Fett was its own separate series from the third season of The Mandalorian. He explained the spinoff was not announced by, Kat- by Kathleen Kennedy at Investor Day, because they did not want to spoil the surprise of the reveal at the end of chapter sixteen, the rescue, uh, which I call bullshit on, because that that there's nothing to spoil. They, they like you wouldn't assume Luke Skywalker is, is in the book of Boba Fett or the Mandalorian. So what were you? What were you hiding? There's nothing well, to also, hide. Doesn't,
2: I thought that last episode of The Mandalorian kind of had like a post-credits thing that was just Boba Fett sitting down and it said, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Right? but like, Maybe that's
1: what he meant? Maybe. Um, get, get a writer's room, dude. You can do yeah.
2: it. It'll help you. It'll make you look better. Here's no. Here's what you do. Even if you don't want a writer's room, trust your characters a little bit, man. Like, Be like, just... Don't pick these endings before you start writing, I guess is my frustration. And that's got to be really difficult for a Star Wars show where there's so many moving parts. But it's one of those things where it's like, who your character ends up becoming, he might not make the decision you originally wanted to end the season with. And that's been a big problem, is just that I don't feel the sh- these shows being character-driven enough. And a show should especially be character-driven.
1: The production
2: referred to each episode
1: of the Book of Boba Fett as if it was the third season of The Mandalorian. For example, the first episode was referred to as 301 rather than the typical 101 for a series first episode. Mm. You fucking people. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Again, there's nothing even wrong with that. I just... It's frustrating.
0: Yeah, I get it. That's all.
1: Sorry.
2: Um, Yeah, just, you know, do a little better.
1: Yeah. Robert Rodriguez, I hope this works out so we get Alita Battle Angel 2.
2: Yeah. It feels like he might have put some elite ideas in some of the episodes um, with the Cyborg kids. Yeah. I liked
0: Um,
1: all those guys, by the way. Yeah.
2: They were fun. I bet you people hated them because they're young. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. They're like, what are, what are kids doing in
1: Star Wars? Mm
2: -hmm. Is this the woke agenda? Is this the, is this the woke agenda that is running the country right now? Clearly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. These fucking liberals
2: with their blue hair. Yeah, and their robot <laughs> arms. I, I I didn't understand why Matrix Four sucked. Then I saw a picture of its director. Do you remember Did someone that, say one? <laughs> that? Someone
1: probably said that, huh?
2: No, someone really said that, and then the person was like, "Buddy, I hate to break it to you about who made the first one." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Owned. But hey. okay, that's the book Above Effect. of Effect.
2: Speaking of young people, shit. <laughs> I guess let's talk about Star Wars Vision. Is it, is it young, is it for babies? Uh, anime still has that stigma, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's going away, um, because, like, now when I go onto the YouTubes and I watch stuff that makes me feel very old, um, a lot of the younger influencers coming up are, like, very, like, open about their love of anime. So, I think that anime shift is happening right now um in a way that kind of happened with video games when i was in high school you know mm-hmm. like from at the beginning of high school like video games were still kind of a nerd thing and then by the end it was like mainstream so i just assume that's what's happening with anime right now um not that older people will ever get on board with it <laughs> but
1: yeah but they'll be dead eventually
2: um yeah we all will yeah anyway... but like sooner
1: than us hopefully
2: <laughs> hopefully
1: yeah
2: we watch Star Wars Visions. Um Bega, what'd you think?
1: Matt, why is this the greatest thing ever? I know, it's so fucking good.
2: It's holy shit, even, I even not... like
1: moments of episodes or something I wasn't like crazy about. I was like, no, this is exactly what like not just Star Wars needs, but like art. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is it what is... we should be doing, you know? Mm. Like uh, let me get my one big criticism out of the way. I hate that they went out of their way to say, like, oh, yeah, the stuff that happens here isn't canon. It's like, who gives a shit?
2: Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm fine with that. Like, let it not be canon, whatever. I don't care. Like, it's fine. I don't ever need to see these characters. Although, I was kind of like, the fuck's gonna happen when Lop? Like, <laughs> I wanted that <laughs> one to come back. But, uh, other than that, like, yeah, I, I, I get it. They're hedging their best. And it's a little sad that it's like, don't worry, guys. This stuff is a canon. Don't worry. And it's, like, easily the best stuff they've done in a while. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my complaint, to get it out of the way, is that because it's, it's something like nine episodes, right? hmm Um, average of, like, 15 minutes, I would say. Uh, all done by different people, different styles, different characters, completely self-contained stories, basically. Um... You do start to get the kind of repetitive nature of Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the the challenge they will have going forward to try and break that repetitiveness of just like how many episodes. It's like, oh, here's a lightsaber duel. Oh, here's a here's the thing. Oh, dark side. Oh, this. But even with that like very basic formula, it still was very engaging and very good. Um so yeah there that's that's kind of my only real complaint. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm just like blown away by like the specificity of like you know to to take the title of the show of like the artistic vision on display. Yes, like it really felt like, okay, I got like 15 minutes to tell this story. Let's tell it in the most like imaginative way possible with yeah. animation. And it's, it was like invigorating. It was, it kind of was.
2: And I I also did these like just one morning. I just woke up and watched all of them and did them like really quick. And I don't, it was yeah, it was so fucking good. I really love
1: these. Um, yeah, I watched this and Boba Fett in the same day, basically, and night. Uh, I I did not get a lot of sleep before this, basically, and um, maybe that's why I'm a little harsher on Boba Fett too. <laughs> I was like, this is
2: this is what we should be doing. Yeah, if and I, I talked about watched, it before, if I had watched Visions before Boba Fett, I maybe wouldn't be as kind to Boba Fett. <laughs> um, well,
1: I, I think I've talked about it before, but I remember like my feeling when I first heard they were gonna make new Star Wars stuff, and like people were like, "Oh, Obi Wan Boba Fett," and this isn't saying I'm superior to anyone else. This is just where my mind went at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought like, "Oh fuck," if you do like a Yoda story, you could do it like in stop motion animation. Oh, you can get, like, a Terrence Malick-inspired, like, Jedi Quest story or something like that. Oh, we could bring in, like, animation from foreign companies and have them, like, experiment in, like, a new, like, saga style. Is this the
2: dream of the Animatrix just a little more realized? I think so. Yeah, because this is what the Animatrix tried to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Interesting experiment, for sure.
2: Yeah. I hope they do more. They said
1: they are doing another season of Visions. Or they have not said it, but it's apparently, like, out there that they are.
2: Okay, I really hope, because, like, yeah, it was just, especially in the wake of, like, Netflix basically, like, saying we're not, we're we're backing away from animation, which was, like, the one thing that was kind of consistently good at Netflix. Yeah, all
1: the animation stuff there, or hmm, most of the animation stuff there (laughs) is, like, really remarkable, and was apparently the thing that's even, like, bringing in subscribers,
2: so I don't know what the fuck... Some al- here's the thing. I, Netflix is gonna when Netflix dies, which will be very soon, it will be a, a like it'll be that thing where like you know like you can watch videos on YouTube now where it's like why did Kmart go bankrupt, and like they go like well Kmart didn't anticipate the internet or something like that you know mm-hmm. it's like stuff that seems obvious in hindsight. Netflix is gonna be the first one that's like this is what happened when everyone just started listening to algorithms.
1: Yeah. Oh,
2: Netflix. 100%. Because right now an algorithm is telling, like, produce more shows cheaper at a faster rate. And so it's like, well, to do that, we have to cut animation. But they're all they're going to end up doing is producing more stuff that is more forgettable, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: when what, what Netflix really should do, not to be, I'm not, but like, Netflix has to get a stranglehold on the culture the way Nintendo kind of has. Where, like, Nintendo just always does their own thing, and it's you, to get their games, you have to buy a Nintendo console, right? Mm-hmm. So they just gotta have a bunch of homegrown franchises. Like they Like, they can't have the most games, they just have to have the most consistent quality games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they need to drop an A-plus game every, like, three months, as opposed to the other consoles out there which seem to get like games in the B to C range every week you know Mm -hmm. and if Netflix kind of did that because they don't have these IPs to fall back on they'd be doing a lot better but it seems like they're pivoting in the complete opposite direction yeah and apparently
1: HBO is doing a lot better because their original movies for HBO Max anyways Mm -hmm. and and shows are like they're all like getting a lot of attention on social media and stuff like that so even like algorithmically their stuff is just working better because of quality control well also which is something of... that apparently netflix has just has like nothing on like all these yeah. like breakthrough reports happened recently right and they just have like none of that in their It's so like they
2: just they just go to the algorithms like what does the algorithm say and if they're like algorithm says good they're like all right and they don't even bother yeah. <laughs> Like, is the line going up yeah okay exactly. we're good it's it's cryptocurrency in a nutshell yes. There's like just
1: this, like a fucking giant computer in the central, center of like Netflix headquarters and you have like whoever's in charge of Netflix right now just walking up to it and like doing a blood sacrifice. Should yes.
2: we get into NFTs? And it's so like you go up, yes. You go up to Skynet and you're like, "Skynet, what would be better for the future of the company?" And then Skynet's like, "Make Skynet more powerful." And we're like, "All right." <laughs> 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 like that's exactly what's happening um anyway uh you know what I like though I liked that the first episode was kind of like like the guy's literally called a ronin like it's straight up just samurai shit mm-hmm. uh we get and it also does the kind of like edgelord shit of like wait this guy's not a jedi he's a former sith you know yeah like there's like kind of a twist in there that I really like and it was like oh that was cool it's kind of like a riff on seven samurai that's fun. immediate next episode <laughs> Is about a Jedi Padawan who survived, and he joined a band. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved, I loved the shift. Like I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is exactly what you do." <laughs> and then it was just this kid. It's like his lightsaber doesn't even work, so he turned it into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and your boy, uh, Bobby Moynihan, uh, did a voice in that one. I know. Did... Yeah. <laughs> My Our TLJ wishes brother. I had watched all of it in japanese though like i i didn't think of that until i like basically finished
1: mm-hmm.
2: um but but they had like some they had some good like lucy losing in the first one yeah um so that was cool uh yeah i don't know i i was and then we got into the twins episode which are the twins who were both made using like the evil of the of dark magic and shit mm-hmm. which i just loved and then, like, they're fighting in space without masks on. And I'm like, fuck yeah, why not? Like, who gives a shit?
1: Yeah, I mean, animation really is just, like, uh, an opportunity to, like, experiment with, with like, the visual and, and audio arts, like, to their maximum potential. You know, like, you can just do anything there. Yeah. With, with a set of boundaries you set yourself, but it it was, like, awe-inspiring to watch all this shit.
2: Yeah, it was, so, it was just so fun. It was yeah. just, even the episodes that, like, ended on downer notes, like, it was just invigorating to the spirit. mm mm-hmm. um, Did you have a favorite? Fuck. Uh, either
1: the Ninth Jedi or, mm-hmm. or Lop and Ocho.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think I might, have, I might have liked the Village Bride the most. Okay. Just because I think there's one thing the sequel trilogy really dropped the ball on. It was kind of like a romance angle to it. Just the one, huh? and uh, sorry sorry um, but uh there was a lot of like romanticism in the village bride episode that I really appreciated mm-hmm. um so well, i mean I, star
1: wars but... has has like an an air of romance in it or it should in my opinion and which is why i think i'm also not super into the shows they're mm. very sexless
2: yeah there's there's a lot of that um there's just stuff you can kind of get away with in animation too yeah it's It's also this thing of, like, part of what I'm just annoyed with with the live-action TV shows is that they're doing... They're being live-action for, like, an air of credibility to it, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. no, this is serious shit. It's live-action. And I have yet to see anything on the live-action shows that didn't make me go, this could have just been a cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Whereas Visions, it's like, this had to be a cartoon, not because of the subject matter, just because of the visual style. Like... Just the boundaries it's really pushing. Some of it you just couldn't do in live action. And if you were to try, it would look kind of (laughs) dumb. But... I mean, there's one episode here that's straight up just like Astro Boy. You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's what it was.
1: Did you watch Astro Boy? Like, any versions of Astro Boy? I've seen a younger? few, but
2: nothing, like, consistent.
1: Okay, yeah, um, no, me neither. I remember there was a cartoon airing, like, in the early 2000s, but I, yeah. Yeah, I missed that And one. then
2: Adult Swim for, like, a month, like, aired a bunch of <laughs> Astro Boy episodes. Uh, what is the, uh, Lop, what is her species named?
1: Uh, I'm looking it up right now. It's, oh, it's not on the Wikipedia, I don't think.
2: Wikipedia.
1: No, I was, oh, you know what? There you go, Lop, wookie
2: Let's see, a Leppy, a Leppy, yeah, yes, which is like that green guy, because that's that thing in the Marvel comics. I'm sure you know this. That that it comes all the way back from the Marvel comic era. That there was I, like a stupid green rabbit that looked like Bugs Bunny.
1: <laughs> I did not know that. Actually, oh, you
2: didn't. Well, if you go to the Leppy Wikipedia page, that is the character. And uh, Jackson, spelled with. Two
1: Ah, I see. And
2: he's one of those characters where, like, for a long time, they just tried to ignore that he ever existed. (laughs) And, like, lately they've been like, ah, just fucking bring him back, who cares?
1: (laughs) I'm reading the the Jackson quote to Lando Calrissian, and I just hear the the Bugs Bunny voice in my head now.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a leppy, Doc. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My thing is that, like, if they ever tried to do that character live action it would be like the furries are taking over Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) which I feel like is a day that's coming (laughs) even though Wookiees have been there from the start but hey yeah I know
1: right like what the fuck George Lucas has probably got some weird shit going on in his head
2: definitely but you know it's gonna be like that thing where like everyone got confused about the bunny from fucking Zootopia (laughs) (laughs)
1: I don't know about everyone.
2: You don't but... remember how fucking weird everyone was online for about a month? Uh, I think it lasted
1: longer than a month, but it was weird, yeah.
2: I'm just saying it was very pronounced for a month.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but I... Yeah, okay, That I didn't know that. And that's, that's kind of what I want out of Star Wars, you know? We, we've talked about that with the sequel trilogy, too. Like, don't spend time retroactively trying to over-justify... Or explain away or retcon stuff that nerds didn't like. Like, it's all part of the same tapestry. Just use it to tell a story in the future. If you're telling a sequel story to the sequels, that's what should be done. Also,
2: it's just funny when you watch it being like, here's clearly, like, the one thing this person who made this episode latched onto and is like, hey, I have an idea to take this, like, small piece of mythology and do something with it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's also kind of one of these things where, like, you can already feel how the last Jedi is just going to get cemented in the foundation of star Wars. One of these days where the twins, they just straight up took the shot of the X-Wing going through hyperspace to split the ship in half. Mm -hmm. You know, they just did it because of course you would want to, you'd be attracted to that image. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not done in any sort of stupid way to like, Haldo maneuvers or whatever the fuck (laughs) they said in, of rise of Skywalker. (laughs) Um, but it's just dumb because, like, that person, like, clearly latched onto that and wanted to do something with that. And, yeah, it's exciting. And it's it's clear that it's just there's no oversight, probably because of the lack of, like, official canon. Although I am worried about one day where someone goes, like, hey, I'm going to take something from Visions and put it in the movie, and then there's going to be a fight about royalties, you know? Because, uh, I mean, of course Lucasfilm probably owns 100% of what happened here. Like,
1: Yeah, I, I, I think... Especially with in regards to the Disney brand, the um, it's not really up to the people who like create the original stories. It's it's like, well, you made a Star Wars thing. Here's your contract for what you were paid for. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you know, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but to, on a more positive note, regarding the the Last Jedi stuff too, uh, did you see what they were building in the Luke episode that we both were
2: upset at? Um, you know what? I missed it. What were they building? They,
1: they're building the, the temple that Kylo Ren will eventually destroy, so it's like they're doubling down. And you know, okay. for all the shit I'm given that the weird Luke shit just keeps popping up in these oh, fucking hey, shows, they're doubling down say, on the right stuff.
2: I will say, I, I had an idea while I was watching. This is a total fan fiction. Um, and I don't know what has been established in canon at this point, um, but it could easily be ignored. I'm watching the ninth Jedi episode... Mm-hmm. Um, which does that thing where it's, like, actually, these lightsabers, their color will be revealed, like, by the user, right? Mm-hmm. Which is something I've always kind of, like, wanted them to do with, whereas it's, and it's directly contradicts, like, the first episode where it's red crystals make red lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm fine with that, like, fine. Like, and so there's, like, the big reveal in it where it's like, oh, those guys were Sith the whole time because they all revealed. They all got red lightsabers. And, like, I did love the visions just every episode kind of doubled down that red just equals evil no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kind of loved that. Um, I kind of got this idea in my head of, like, what if Luke is at the Jedi Temple, like, training people, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's, like, passing a lightsaber around, and it's going to be a different color for each of the of the people he's training. And it gets the Kylo, and in that moment, it's like it's a red lightsaber. Oh! Ho, 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 ho. And it can kind of like set up like, oh, Luke like knows that he's got a problem, but Luke like thinks he can change him because of he, he changed his father, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe Kylo doesn't want to be changed, and you can do a lot with that. I just got like that'd be an interesting visual to play with.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go.
2: Yeah. Fucking.
1: So. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I I just got
1: a lot of respect for yeah all of that. And I think uh, Bob Dylan getting... said
2: the highest purpose of art is to inspire. And I think Visions is very inspiring both as an animation fan and as a Star Wars fan. In a way that the book of Boba Fett wasn't exactly inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Occasional yeah. visual uh, moments, but uh, not so much in the terms of story.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: and even the stuff that I,
1: I loved from... Boba Fett and Mandalorian regarding like that their technical prowess, uh, visions kind of just has it like over the moon at
2: this yeah, point. yeah just mops so. the floor with them yeah.
1: Uh, I hope it gets a physical release at some point. I'd love yeah that'd like be cool a, too.
2: Like probably a, won't a, a happen. Another bound
1: book holding a Blu-ray set or something, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's it costs five hundred dollars.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm just saying like oh, that, oh my God, I, I feel like... like that's
2: gonna be the future of physical media oh. of like. I would really like it the season of television that's streamed if it got a physical release, and then, like, fucking Mickey Mouse comes out and he's like, Well, oh, you can have it, but it's $6,000. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, Okay, Mickey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but the algorithm says I have to keep raising the prices. Oh! Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's like the only way we can justify the cost of making a few 4K discs is to make a hundred times on in our investment. Jesus. That's just gonna be the future of physical media. It's gonna be only for weirdos like us. Feels good to be so reinvigorated by Star Wars. Fucking they they did it. It can still do it. But you know what? Kind of honestly, this is I'm not even like doing this as just a segue. But the thing that kind of made me like go like actually I kind of want to check out some of the Star Wars stuff going on um, was my recent vacation, the Disney World in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Yay. Like the week, all those crazy people were like trying to shut down entrances to the park. Oh. <laughs> Guess what? Um, didn't notice them at all the whole time I was there, so they didn't do a great job.
1: All right, yeah, fuck them.
2: <laughs> fuck them. Um, but yeah, I went to uh, I went to fucking Star Wars Land,
1: <laughs> and to I Disney. too went to a Star Wars Land. <laughs> Uh, apparently one that is
2: smaller than the one you went to? I think a little bit, just because of the space situation of Disneyland.
1: Yeah, we gotta get these people out of their houses so they can add more Star Wars stuff. Yes. Just
2: just run them over. (laughs) Well, that's the whole reason. You know the whole thing with Disney World, right? Oh, no. Um, well, when Walt Disney built Disneyland, um, he only bought the land... To build the park on. And so, of course, the moment Disneyland opened, a bunch of, like, cheap, like, the, the land value all around the park, like, shot up like crazy. And all these, like, cheap motels shot up. And uh, that really annoyed Walt Disney. <laughs> ah. And so that's when he set up a bunch of corporations in Florida that didn't have his name on it to buy up as much land in Orlando as possible.
1: Yeah, he's like and... a villain from Chinatown.
2: A little bit, yeah. and he, Well, I mean, it was all Swampland, so people are like, who the fuck would want this? And so Disney World is kind of like him trying to get uh, Disneyland right. So, like, the Magic Kingdom is built, like, in the middle, and, like, so no one can really construct anything around it. Um, and it was, like, this autonomous, like, kind of city, basically, until recently, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> With all this shit kind of happening, but that's a whole other See, discussion. that's what the third
1: chinatown movie should have been about you got chinatown the, the tale of two jakes and then you gotta have him go after walt disney
2: i was kind of i was actually kind of like inspired by the whole disney world trip of just like there is kind of like a sinister element to all of disney <laughs> oh no
1: oh, um, we're about i think we're both about to gush about the disney theme park experience let it be known that it is still an evil corporation well, no, but, no the
2: corporation yes evil but i'm talking about like the, the parks like There's something, like, weird, because it's that thing of, it's also why there's so many conspiracy theories around Disney, because the other thing Disney World did is that they built, because they couldn't, like, build directly into the swampland, there's basically an underground city beneath each theme park. And it's, like, all these, like, concrete corridors, they look like military bases, And it allows, like, workers to get around a lot easier than having to go through crowds and things. Something that Disneyland (laughs) didn't account for, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, allegedly, all that came from, like, opening day Disneyland. There was a cowboy in Tomorrowland. And, like, that upset (laughs) Waltz. So, he's like, I'll never make this mistake again. (coughs) And the other thing with Disney World is that that was also, like... He's like, look, I'm building the park because I know people want the park, but really, I'm just going to build my own experimental prototype city of tomorrow. <laughs> and he had, like, the whole plan and everything, and then he fucking drops dead of cancer, and then all the people that take over are like, okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and now Epcot's just another theme park.
1: Well, did he drop dead of cancer, or did he Was freeze his he head?
2: Him? to stop oh yeah the frozen head running everything beneath the the city yep just like
1: the green goblin in the deleted version of the amazing spider-man 2
2: oh yeah
1: that was a thing that they almost put in that film
2: oh my god
1: yeah people forget like what happened i
2: think the recent trash of marvel is maybe be like actually the amazing spider-man and then it's i'm just like no, I've seen
1: some of that, and I'm like, let's let's calm down. Let's not get crazy here. That being
2: said, I might have liked No Way Home uh, less than even Amazing Spider-Man Two. Really? Yeah, because I think it. I think No Way Home does everything I had morally wrong with uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two, and then some. The eventual
1: so. retrospective episode is going to be very entertaining. For oh, we're gonna to listen we're, to. We're,
2: we're blowing this thing wide open.
1: Yeah um Uh, and but but all right walt disney theme parks star wars uh when did you go i went in february this year of 2022 it was a fucking blast
2: yeah it It
1: was a delight as someone who doesn't really get invested in like Beyond, like, roller coasters for the theme park experience, I mm-hmm. forget every time I step foot in Disneyland every, once every, like, five years, I'm like, oh, no, this is the most magical place on Earth. <laughs> like <laughs> You kind of oh, yeah.
2: have to space it out like that, though. Like, you can't go, like, once a year even. Like, yeah, some people sp-
1: go, like, every week, and I'm just like, I know. where the f- fuck you get that kind of money first of all
2: (laughs) well there used to be those annual passes and those people would buy them and then literally go like every day like that would be their like lunch break
1: yeah and that makes sense especially because i know a lot of people that live around orange county
2: I think they got rid of the annual passes, though.
1: Yeah, uh, during COVID they did. And it doesn't look like they're going to be implementing them back Ooh. fully yet. And I'm pretty sure that's just so they can keep making more money off of them. Oh,
2: yeah. It's it's about gouging people.
1: Yeah, it's um, 100% that.
2: Because that's the thing, because Star Wars Land opened, like, right before COVID. And there was the famous, like, they were expecting, like, massive crowds... And allegedly, like all the talk of how big the crowds were going to be, actually scared people away. (laughs) Yeah, which is hilarious. Which is kind of hilarious. And then it was like, okay, well, next year is going to be our big year, and then so, and then it it all kind of got a mixed reception from the general public. Uh, And we're also and and that on top of the weird like we're not giving annual passes anymore now they are charging more for tickets and now the new, in Disney World anyway, the new Genie Plus system um, which is very controversial. I actually really liked the Genie Plus system um, the fucked up thing about it is though that uh, certain rides can cost more um, and in my instance the Star Wars ride uh, was one of the upcharged ones um and I could I could, I understand where that's frustrating, um so I think that hasn't helped with the reception of everything.
1: Yeah, I did not use the Genie Plus system.
2: I was well, they don't have it, it in Disneyland. I don't think. Okay, it's I, a I, different I've heard thing
1: about it. But there's like, there's something over here that I didn't use. Mm-hmm. Um, something I would have used had I known about it beforehand mm-hmm. was the uh the Disney app. Now, some people think, like, what the fuck are you talking about, Diego? You fucking shill. And to Ooh. that I say, uh, I, I agree. I, I thought it was, like, a shilly thing, too. No, it does make transactions much simpler, so you can just pick stuff up right away. Yeah, that, that including was Including the...
2: food! Yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's the one thing... big thing. thing. <laughs> I think the one thing that I did, because this is the one thing I couldn't figure out with Genie Plus was, like, how to reserve at a restaurant. Like, that kind of was, like, something that I couldn't figure out. And I guess what they used to do was you could get the fast pass lanes or what they call lightning lane. Now you used to be able to secure them like 30 or 60 days in advance to your visit. Mm. (laughs) And so people would just like be waiting for that day and like get them instantly. Whereas now it's day of for rides, but the 30 to 60 day thing I think still exists for restaurants so, like, all of those were booked up before I even went to the park. But it was a lot easier for, like, if I just wanted to go get a fucking, like, foot-long hot dog in Tomorrowland. <laughs> Nothing more futuristic than that. <laughs> uh, it, it was, like, really easy. I could order it, like, as I'm walking over, and then it's ready by the time I get there. And I just walk up, and they just give it to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, that sounds great. Because I tried to download it at the park, mm-hmm. and then it would take forever because there's no, like, direct Wi-Fi Oh yeah, that's. I
2: think from... I've talked to people who have worked at Disneyland and they say that Disneyland has some of the worst Wi-Fi on the planet.
1: Yeah, and then I was also constantly getting into lines for rides and stuff like that too. And so when you go near the rides on the inside, it cuts off your fucking... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
2: that was the other thing. Um, Did you wait long for... uh, I'm guessing Rise of the Resistance. Let's talk about that ride first.
1: That was the very last thing i went on i think we only spent like half an hour in line
2: oh really that's crazy but it was
1: like right when it was like nine o'clock the park closes at 10.
2: yeah and if you get in line before the closing time at least in disney world you they keep you in line
1: yeah i Uh mean we were still out of there before 10 like it was fast but also note that i went on like a thursday
2: okay in february
1: not and i think
2: disneyland does attract less crowds than disney world by like a significant margin so. You think
1: you're better than us?
2: No, but I just I think it's more crowded is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, because
1: you guys, it sounds like you guys are, at least in terms of Disney World.
2: So, uh, oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of debate there. Uh, but you got a lot of the like original, the OG attractions, which makes some people at Disney World a little jealous. Although we still have fucking Country Bear Jamboree, motherfucker. I know, I know. And uh, you did have Muppet Vision, and then they closed it. So, But we still got it over here on the East Coast. Mm. Um, yeah, so we stayed on property, and if you stay on property, you can get into the parks a half hour early each morning. Um, we showed up right at that, and when we got there, there was already a two-hour wait for Rise of the Resistance. Oh. Uh, so we got in line... It broke down <laughs> while we were waiting, which has been the other issue with Rise of the Resistance is that it's such a complicated ride that it breaks down constantly. And the woman there who was like overseeing the line was like, Look, on average, it takes 40 minutes to fix this thing. <laughs> and she's like, And then she was also like, I've seen it take as long as two hours. So it was a real moment of like, Do we stay or do we go? We decided to stay because I had fast. I did the fast lane for uh, the Millennium Falcon ride, so our logic was, if it gets close to that time, um, then we'll get out of line. But uh, while we're here, we'll just wait it out. And it they got it working. It ultimately took two hours, so we waited two hours for the fucking thing. <laughs> um, and the reason I think it caught up was just that when they announced how long it might be, a bunch of people just got out of line. So that, like, shot us forward, and then we sat there for, like, an hour. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, we did it, and... Yeah, I was kind of blown away by Rise of the Resistance, the ride. Um, I was not expecting anything that good. It is incredible. <laughs> the, oh. the, the moment um, when they open up the doors and you're suddenly on the spaceship... The the uh the imperial spaceship was like I kind of was like holy shit, um is it as big in Disneyland? Um uh, kinda... I don't
1: I, I actually don't know the full size comparison or anything like that but it felt fucking huge. where's well, here's the thing: they
2: had a tie fighter in the hangar, and it was the size of a tie fighter.
1: <laughs> they had they had tie fighters. They had uh the the lines of stormtroopers. They have the the brief little bits of the AT-ATs, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing crazy. I don't think they. I don't remember the full, ATAT frames well, anywhere.
2: I, th- I think when when you're on the ride itself, at least in the Disney World version, you pass ATATs, um, and I think other than some forced perspective, there's they're very close to actual ATAT size. <laughs> yeah, it it
1: way bigger than I thought it was. I, yeah. I was actually shocked.
2: I was blown away by it. Um, yeah, one of the most, like, I'm not into the whole, like, immersive thing that is big push at theme parks these days,
0: mm-hmm.
2: where it's like, oh, you're not on a ride with Spider-Man, you're, like, part of the training initiative with Spider-Man or some bullshit, you know?
1: No, 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 the, the, the Spider-Man ride is apparently you have to help him stop his, his drones that his have gone crazy. spider yeah. Fucking psychotic bullshit that I didn't participate in. But anyways, I, I actually have a note about this, too. So, you know, there's a whole debate about, like, movies that are theme park rides versus cinematic experiences. Mm -hmm. I think the ultimate point we should be taking away from that statement is that there's nothing wrong with theme park rides that are very well designed and executed because Rise of the Resistance was a fucking blast, and other rides are sometimes not a blast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Like, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride isn't, like... It's not like a holy ground or anything like that, but I find it very enjoyable if the wait is under, like, an hour.
2: <laughs> yeah, if the wait's, like, 40 minutes, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: If not, it's like, I probably don't need to go on that.
2: Um, Now, I gotta ask you this, though, about that they brought up Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, no. Did, did they... Is the Disneyland version... Have they added a bunch of, like, Jack Sparrow shit to the Disneyland version? They
1: added one. They they add the I, I think they add the one no, no no they they do add some stuff yeah
2: yeah they did like because that's like the one thing like talking about Hallowed Ground I'm like how dare you change <laughs> uh, it's yeah I uh, that's like the one thing that like annoys me like when I ride it now and it's like now there's a guy being like you haven't seen Jack Sparrow have you and then it's like Jack Sparrow's like head sticking out of a barrel yeah cool yeah the little pop up <laughs> which I'm not a big fan of that but uh, yeah. Um, I think the thing that we, uh, the real takeaway in my opinion is that um, Martin Scorsese was going too easy on the Marvel films <laughs> when he compared them to theme park rides because theme park rides are actually fun and engaging
1: <laughs> yeah you know so it's like has... I consider Michael Bay movie theme parks rides yeah a little
2: bit I would agree with that
1: you know and it's like sometimes uh, you're like I need to get off this ride
2: <laughs> Transformers the ride kind of works better than the movie
1: I would believe that I, I would definitely believe that um, ambulance. I would not find an entertaining ride, but I find yeah. it an incredible film. So you know, it
2: gives you a heart attack while you ride it.
1: I know you defibrillate every member that's passing through the ride.
2: That'd be that'd be fascinating. Uh-huh. Fucking...
1: <laughs> Sorry,
0: go well, ambulance it was, everyone. What was
2: funny is, uh, so I ended up being able to ride Rise of the Resistance three times while I was at Disney World. Holy shit! Um, Because the first day I waited two lines, the second day I got to the park literally like an hour before it opened. (laughs) So I stood outside of uh, Hollywood Studio for an hour, and then before the park even really opens, they start letting you in. They do a thing called Rope Drop. Do you know what Rope Drop is? No. It's one of the most embarrassing things you could ever participate in, (laughs) so of course I did it. Which is literally uh, cast members, because they're not called uh, employees, (laughs) they're called cast members at Disney, they start, they have like a big rope and they, they're walking backwards, like slowly leading you into the park. And if they pass an attraction that you want to ride, you can get in line for it, but you can't pass them. So you have to walk with the rope. So I walked with the rope all the way to uh rise of the resistance. And then you get in line and then it's like, well, the ride won't start working until the park actually opens. <laughs> so I waited like 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, and then I also fast-passed on that same day. And so like by the time I rode it and then got out, I walked around Star Wars Land a little bit. And then uh, it was time, and then I just did it fast-pass again. And it was interesting... Riding it earlier in the day versus later because uh, earlier in the day, some of the employees were clearly like still had a lot of energy to them <laughs> and were like really in character, of like, you will be interrogated in one of these cells. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure how it, I don't know if I really like that, but it was like, okay, dude, you're putting a lot of effort into this.
0: Well,
1: I have another note about that for a different ride they started promoting soon. Okay, well, um, we'll get, but I will say. I gotta give the cast members credit for Rise of Resistance, because we were the last group onto that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I they cut off the line after us, basically. Yeah. There were people behind us, but it was not far off. Mm-hmm. Um, and those cast members were still fucking
2: committed. <laughs> so,
1: props. That is not an easy job.
2: Maybe there's that excitement you get, like, when it's the end of your shift, you know? Maybe, yeah. Like, or maybe oh my God, there's a cabal did... of
1: secret Nazis running the imperial grounds it is a
2: little weird that it's like okay you're in character as the space nazis (laughs) at this children's amusement park
1: (laughs) which i don't know if you've seen that trailer clipping for that upcoming uh uh, star wars
2: cruise thing oh yeah yeah which is just opened it opened like the week after i was there
1: oh really yeah
2: okay um, although i think it's like a soft opening it's like all the people that bought their tickets like four years ago gotcha
1: Well, one of the very, I'll say, popular uh, trailer clippings highlighting the experience is a bunch of excited kids uh, pointing at the the Wookiee that's hiding from the Imperial officers. Oh my
2: god! <laughs> I did not know that! Oh my, oh my god,
0: that's crazy. And it's crazy. like, you can be part of the
2: experience! <laughs> wow. It's like a fucking Starship Troopers clip that's that's insane yeah Um, i mean hey uh (laughs) i I, I don't know but that's i don't know what to say to that around um that's that's kind of nuts yeah that also is
1: like incredibly expensive and apparently no one's like buying it right
2: (laughs) yeah we'll see what ends up going i just i don't know it's also just not like i kind of maybe i'd want to go to see, because I think the rooms are supposed to make it feel like you're in space, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be like, I'd check that out. That seems kind of fun. There's a restaurant in Epcot that kind of does that. Like, that's kind of fun. I don't want to do something where like, it has to be like, welcome aboard! And it's like, no, I'm here at a fucking hotel. I was on like a, a fucking flight that was a nightmare to get here. Like, just fucking take me to my room so I can go to sleep, god damn it. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like the that interactive immersive experience Mm -hmm. i think there's a time and place for it if i'm going to go to a hotel i i I want to be comfortable and i not be told what to do basically Mm -hmm. and some people want want that immersive experience and that's fine
2: yeah it's called a renaissance fair
1: (laughs) yeah renaissance fairs are awesome um (laughs) i have heard that at least like the reviews that came out for this star wars experience cruise line whatever the fuck are like pretty brutal because they're like the rooms are too small the beds are tiny it's all very compact um there's not a lot to actually do when you're not being told what to do yeah and like it i feel like they've kind of uh uh they haven't figured out star wars as as like a it's like a park property yet
2: well i think they also have they used to have a lot of walk around stuff at the theme park but because of covid still they haven't like brought a lot of that back you know like ray used to be able to like team up with ray and go on like a secret mission (laughs) oh uh, really yeah and by i mean when i say we i mean like they do that with actual children not adults
1: (laughs) but oh yeah no no that's fine that's fine let me just cross something off my bucket list (laughs) (laughs) i'll
2: say this i have someone where it's like like that's the thing i can't really get into it because it's like if someone's like hi, I'm the captain of the Starship. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, like,
1: no, I, I am at that age where I was like, this is kind of embarrassing.
2: Just, I know people my age who can, like, get into that. Like, I've just never been that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like, when when quote-unquote Ray came out to, like, work on the X-Wing with Chewbacca... Uh, while I was I just happened to be walking by, like I almost burst into tears like a fucking moron.
1: No, it it was like it was, <laughs> was a shock.
2: I was like, it's Ray. And it's like, no, it's not even Daisy Ridley. It's like <laughs> yeah. some poor girl that's like trying to go through college by playing Ray at the Disney <laughs> World theme park.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's like it's like wow, that's totally the power of like storytelling though, which I think is like another aspect of that theme park comment I, I brought up. Like You still have to tell, like, a a story. And I don't mean just, like, act one, act two, act three. I mean, telling something, like, that's worth investing in, like, your emotion and excitement into, you know? You want to experience, like, these thrills. And it's really fun to experience them at a theme park, Mm. you know? And, like, I have have this connection to this fake property (laughs) that doesn't actually impact our lives in any meaningful or positive or negative way. It ends up being kind of meaningful anyways, though.
2: Um, just... when you got brought into so like you get you you get captured. That's actually pretty good. There was there a robot. Um, it wasn't Akbar, but it's another guy like that. Yeah, um, yeah. You had that guy, and it was a uh, Nien Yub flying the ship. Yeah. Uh, we do not find out his fate <laughs> ultimately.
1: Oh my God, you're right.
2: <laughs> uh, we find out uh, the not Akbar made it, but we don't know what happened to Neen Yub. Oh uh, no! <laughs> hey, wait. We can just assume Finn was there. He had it all under control that's true uh but uh when they so like you get brought to like your cell and if the guy's like really like the one like the one time i did it they were just like how many are you and it's like okay stand on the green line just wait and then we'll bring you somewhere (laughs) and then like but the other guy was like prisoner stand on the green line and i could tell by the look on your face that this interrogation will go quite smoothly And it's like, wow, dude, like, are you in like a community theater or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you could just tell, huh? It's, it's, uh, it was fascinating. And then that's actually a really cool effect when you're in the cell and they, I looked up nothing about the ride before going on too, because I wanted to be surprised when they cut you out of the prison cell. Did they do that at Disneyland? Yeah. That was really cool. Like, it's a real simple effect, but it was just interesting how they did it. Um, when the guy brings you back there and you get all strapped in, and you can tell sometimes they are just like, okay, uh, get out of here, we gotta go. Because that means, like, they're ready to go. But if they have to wait for, like, another car to get ready or something, like, if they're, like, delayed, they have a little bit of dialogue to do. And he's like, this is our whatever, the robot attach your thing. I, I trust him no matter what. It Did it, was it you or me? If you've heard this, did it sound a little bit like the Katana quote from Suicide Squad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is guitar. Oh, no, She's is got Katana. my back. She can cut all you in half with one sword, just like mowing <laughs> the lawn. I advise not getting killed by her. Like it sounded exactly like that to me.
1: Rick Flag lives. <laughs> uh, the one thing that would have put me like completely over the moon for it is during the escape. Uh, if it started playing the you know, like, the Millennium Falcon theme, I would have fucking, like, rioted. I th-
2: I think they wanted that to be saved for the Millennium Falcon ride. Okay. Um, but that, that'd be my guess. Uh, although, you know, I, another cool thing about it is that they got, um, all of the, uh, they, you know, it had, it had Daisy Ridley, it had fucking Oscar Isaacs, and it had fucking Finn, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were all there. <laughs> Yeah. Which you can't, you know, it's not like you can get Harrison Ford to show up for a ride. <laughs> and if I have one complaint about Star Wars Land, it's like, fucking, like, whatever you feel about Mark Hamill, if you give him the paycheck, he'll fucking show up, you know? Yeah. Like, if you pay him, they'll show up. Put him on a ride, <laughs> like... Oh, you
1: just fucking have everyone lose their minds, absolutely. Yeah,
2: I want him to come out and be like... It's your destiny. And he's looking right at me. <laughs> yes, Mark Hamill, it is. That, yes, it is. For these, for these few hours when I'm at Disney and I can fucking ignore everything else in my life in the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you know, but you mentioned that uh, that Daisy Ridley shows up in like that hologram thing, which actually looks really impressive. Yeah, and the hologram stuff gotta...
2: is getting a lot better at parks. Um, did you... I don't know if you wrote it before. Um, oh, you probably didn't. There used to be a ride at Universal in Orlando before it became the terrible Fast and Furious ride <laughs> um where a hologram of fucking uh Christopher Walken comes out and he's like a schlock movie director and he's like you're going to be in my latest motion picture
1: <laughs> I never saw this it's
2: it was so cool it's not there anymore unfortunately um, but like it feels like he's right there, like on the stage, and he interacts with a guy who actually is there. But the way like the projection works and the type of screens they use, it looks like Walken is on stage.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: It was cool. Yeah, they don't have it anymore.
1: <laughs> no, but the... and you get
2: to be in a movie starring The Rock, where he's everyone's a Park favorite Ranger.
1: movie star, the future president of the United States of America. Yeah,
2: probably. <laughs> If then I hope a fucking tear in like the fabric of the universe just opens up like the end of Southland Tales.
1: <laughs> Moby starts playing. And shit. Yes,
2: exactly.
1: Yeah, bring What's it? The end of that film. What a great movie. Yeah,
2: five where's stars. the ride based on Southland Tales? Oh my God, you have to do I want so a hologram. I want a hologram Kevin Smith coming out as like an old Iraq War veteran. <laughs>
1: Um, alright, you have anything else about Star Wars Land, which rocks, um, unfortunately? Yeah, I did not,
2: I did not care for the Millennium Falcon ride. Okay,
1: I did not go on the Millennium Falcon
2: ride. Okay, it's a weird, like, cooperative ride. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, it wasn't that fun, <laughs> and then you get yelled at for not getting a good score. <laughs> really? Um, I mean, it's just like, ah, oh, do it better next time, it's uh who's that guy from, uh, Rebels, Hondo, whatever. Oh, fucking yeah! Everyone's favorite character. Yeah, you get it. You can if you want to see our robot Hondo, he's there. <laughs> but animatronic Hondo is like, I am, I am enlisting the services of the Millennium Falcon, and it's like, okay, buddy, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, I saw like video of that when it first opened, and I was like, one, that looks really good. Two, yeah. that's kind of amazing that they took a cartoon character and put him in that. like that's kind of like whatever dissonance i have from fandom right now i thought that was so cool
2: (laughs) well here is the main problem i think with star wars land um and there's a lot of fanboy complaining of course because everything right now everything about star wars has to be terrible for the foreseeable future if you're a fanboy um i don't know how you ride rise of the resistance and not enjoy it um unless it breaks down maybe while you're on it which it it does have reliability problems Um, that being said it's one of two rides Um, there is also Star Tours did you ride Star Tours at all? I did not Um, but I believe in both instances Star Tours is in a different section of the park oh Um, and Star Tours in my opinion the problem with Star Wars Land is that it is perpetually set between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker Mm-hmm. Canonically, that is where the land is set. So that is the only rides you can build. And to me, that's pretty frustrating. <laughs> that it's like, you know, if I also I understand why if you're a Star Wars fan, maybe you don't want to interact with Rey. Maybe you want to see, you know, Ahsoka or something. And guess what? Ahsoka's not gonna be there. <laughs> Unless it's like all the Ahsoka. <laughs> now Star Tours, the new version that they opened, which is not... Here's the here's the other thing that's sad, is that I think they were hoping with the success of Star Wars Land, they would be able to build multiple Star Wars Lands themed to different planets. I think that was the goal initially. And now they've kind of revved those plans back a little bit. And part of me thinks that where Star Tours is in Hollywood Studios was going to be the next place for... For a new planet and unfortunately in between Star Wars Land and Star Tours is probably one of the best rides in Disney World which is Muppet Vision (laughs) and so it just feels like Muppet Vision's days are numbered (laughs) (laughs) that one of these days if they decide to expand Star Wars Land it's literally right at the entrance to Star Wars Land so it's like Muppet Vision is like about to fucking go so like if you can get to Muppet Vision it's literally one of the best rides in the park (laughs) Stattler and Waldorf are there as robots. You're in the theater. Swedish chef starts shooting a musket. It's great. Um, but Star Tours does this cool thing where it's a different ride every time you go on it. Um, if, uh, you've, so you've never done Star Tours? I've never done Star Tours. I, I don't go to Disneyland often. It's, uh, that, I mean, I get it, I guess. i just surprised while you were there you didn't do it. Yeah, no, I did I did uh, other rides in the park too. Hmm. Okay. I also
1: went to the California Adventure
2: yeah go to Cars Land
1: yeah actually I did and Pixar uh, Pier I like yeah, the Pixar, Pixar Pier, Pier.
2: Um, which there used to be a thing called like Pixar Place at Disney World now it's just Toy Story Land it's all Toy Story stuff um, but what was I going to say um, every time you ride Star Tours it's a different ride and it is set at a different era each time So, one time you might go on it, it might be set during the original trilogy. Another time you go on it, it might be set during the prequels. Another time it's the sequel trilogy. And there's actually two sequel trilogy scenes now. Um, One has Finn in it, and the one that I got, which is the brand new one, is Lando. Lando comes on and is like, you're transporting a valuable person. The Empire's after you. Get out of here, Star Tours. (laughs) And it's great. And I don't know... So, my thing is just... Why can't the Star Wars land just be set, like, at all times simultaneously, you know? hmm Like, yeah, it's a planet, but maybe the planet has had visitors from every era, and then the different eras you go in, you know? Yeah, it's I like, think okay.
1: I brought that up before, too. Like, my idea for, like, what Star Wars land could be is, like, mm-hmm. one for each trilogy,
2: you know? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think that was the plan where the individual lands would be for the different trilogies and stuff, right? Right. And now that might not be happening. So like my thing is just like make the rides for each different trilogy, you know?
1: Yeah, that would make sense.
2: That way you could have maybe the guy who played Young Han solo on the Millennium Falcon ride (laughs) as opposed to Hondo or whatever. (laughs) Which God bless Hondo, but keep Hondo,
1: keep Hondo, but make Han solo too.
2: Yeah, God bless Hondo, but, like, you want to be hanging with Chewbacca and Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the other thing that kind of sucked about uh, both rides a little bit is that because of the massive, like, number of people that are trying to ride them, they move you through very quickly, so you don't really get to enjoy some of the scenery, especially on, like, they bring you on the Millennium Falcon for the Millennium Falcon ride, and, like, I just got rushed through it and, like, didn't get... And then I was like, okay, I'm in the cockpit, I guess. But... You know, I would have liked to have enjoyed that a little more. <laughs> mm. But that's it. It's all nerd complaints. Um, Disney's weird, though. Disney is weird with their attractions. Because they can't just build roller coasters. And it feels like you could just build a roller coaster and call it Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and just paint it black. Or the, the Knife Nine. Yeah. Are like, you familiar with that? What was that? Are you
1: familiar with the Knife Nine? I, You know what? It's ringing a bell, but I don't know what... You're going to be so mad. Okay, so... Back when Colin Trevorrow was still going to do... Oh, yeah. with episode Nine, And he designed that one ship. They put the mm-hmm. ship in the park. Did you guys have the Knife Nine, too?
2: You know what? I If we did, I didn't notice it.
1: Okay, it's it's, it's the big First Order... Sh- well, not the big... It's a First Order TIE fighter, basically. Okay. And it was going to be Kylo Ren's ship in the film. And now it's just not... Now it's just... There in the park. I think
2: we had Kylo Ren's ship, but it was the one that was in The Force Awakens. Okay. Um... So there's all these stages that were set up that were clearly for more stuff, but a lot of that wasn't happening because they're still under a lot of COVID restrictions. Mm. Like I said, like I saw like Ray and there's like stormtroopers that'll like heckle you as you're walking by, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is kind of fun. Um, yeah, it was a really well themed area, um, but yeah, I, I, it's a little frustrating because it's only two rides, and I think only one of the rides was actually kind of good. So. Um, yeah, and I see if you're, if you're a fan, the fact that it's only sequel trilogy stuff might annoy you. Although, sequel trilogy had huge representation while I was at Disney World. Like, people wear tons of t-shirts that were just sequel trilogy stuff. So. Well, here here's a way to gauge,
1: like, again, the, I guess, the longevity of the sequel trilogy. I think we consider it like, kind of like Scorched Earth at this point after the ninth movie. Unfortunately, right?
2: I don't consider it that at all.
1: Well, no, so, like in terms of like people excited about what comes next like yeah. i think we feel that the last film kind of put a damper on everything i don't think that's the case in the real world mm. i went with a pretty large group of friends and i've had discussions both sober and not sober with them about how much they like episode nine some, some of us uh shout out pete if you're listening uh you piece of shit he, uh, 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 Star Wars nerds did not like episode nine, but like normal people with like normal lives, like they don't, they don't react as negatively to the problems of that movie. What their takeaway is like, wow, wasn't it great that Ray had her moment to really come into her own and carry on the Jedi legacy with all the, the force ghosts inspiring her to stand back up. And, and like just the discussions I've had about it, like outside of the internet, I was like, Oh, that, that's nice that that has that. And like. The purity of Star Wars storytelling, in a way, still like persists. Nevertheless, she persisted, um, and I don't know. It's it just um, I'm in a good place with Star Wars right now, even though I have like zero to very little interest in what's coming up very soon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm in. I'm I'm good. I'm good with the Star Wars. I'll probably watch Phantom Menace soon because I like the the colors in that movie.
2: Also, I rode the Avatar ride, which was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. yeah!
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, how was that?
2: It's, it's really cool, Um, but also riding it, it's like you could easily take the same mechanisms and turn it into, like, a pod racing ride. And I don't know why you don't do that. <laughs> you know what just fucking hit me?
1: We're all hmm. questioning, like... I mean, we're all a little concerned about future Star Wars movies, I think it's fair to say, but we're also questioning, like are they just not going to do them anymore? I'm willing to bet they fucking skip the 50th anniversary because they're going to be in completely Avatar sequel mode.
2: Well, yeah, that's that's definitely probably where we're going. Yeah. Like, it'll all depend on if Lightning does indeed strike twice with Avatar 2. Um, it's all going to be contingent on that. Like, the day after this comes out, I'm seeing Doctor
1: Strange 2, uh, mm-hmm. and the trailer's going to be attached to that, so... We'll see if everyone fucking hoots and hollers, and that trailer does look like something incredible again.
2: Yeah, we will see. We will see. Isn't yeah. that what uh, Supreme Commander Snoke said? Supreme Leader Snoke. But yeah, Supreme Leader. Uh, remember when there was a vat of Snoke's? They should have that at Star Wars Land. <laughs> <laughs> Get your own
1: Snoke, kids. <laughs> oh, you know what? That'd be so fucking. I would buy that. I'd be the a other... fucking mark and buy that. I gotta it say, would be the so other funny.
2: The other thing with uh, Star Wars Land that's a little frustrating is that they're—it's so clearly trying to be like Harry Potter Land, um, which do you know the story with Harry Potter Land? Um, no. Do um, I want to? It's—it's it's interesting. So uh, allegedly, like Universal and Disney were both kind of playing hard for Harry Potter Land at their theme park because Warner Brothers doesn't have a theme park, so mm-hmm. it could go to either one allegedly what it came down to was jk rowling was like i want a hogwarts express train that will take people to harry potter land and uh disney was like we can't logistically do that and universal was like fuck yeah we'll build a train (laughs) and that's why universal got it and that's Uh, the
1: last interesting idea jk rowling ever had
2: now fuck that idea because that train inadvertently leads to the Jaws ride getting closed oh never uh, mind because where they had to build the station but hey classic uh, J.K. Rowling yeah. L and that part and here's the thing there's two Harry Potter lands at Universal Orlando there's one at Islands of Adventure which is Hogwarts and the other is at Universal Studios which is Diagon Alley um, Diagon Alley themed very well the ride there sucks. The train sucks, and that's what I—that's what the Jaws ride was sacrificed for. Um, the two rides currently at the other one are two of the best rides in all of Florida, in my opinion. <laughs> the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey and the new Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Creature Adventure, whatever it's called.
1: Oh, you guys have way more than us.
2: Um, yeah, I think so, because uh, the fucking Hagrid ride costs $300 million. Jesus. Which is a lot for a roller coaster. Um, like, Diego, Google uh, Intimidator 305 real quick, which is a Intimid- roller coaster. Intimidator um, 305. The Virginia at, one? Yeah, just look at pictures of it. Kay. It's 300 feet tall. Whoa. It's one of the most intense coasters ever built. That coaster alone cost twenty five million dollars. What the fuck is Hagrid's little whatever? Because there's, it's one of the, it's so complicated. It's the best roller coaster I've been on in forever. It's kind of amazing. It launches you like nine times, <laughs> and um, there's a lot of animatronics built into it, and there's a lot of like. I know that cars cost a lot of money because, like, as you're riding around on your motorbike, Hagrid's, like, in the air being like, Don't go in the Forbidden Forest! Like, there's a lot of that. <laughs> um, it goes backwards. It There's a drop tower built into the ride. It's, uh, it's wild. Um, it's a really great roller coaster. And it's the type of thing Disney can't build because Disney is, like, so adverse to building roller coasters that they can't justify the track for so like any roller coaster at Disney it's like oh the track is it's actually a train you know Mm -hmm. like um, but the other thing is that they make a fortune I think the other story is the cost to build Harry Potter land they made all that money back in one year through merchandise alone because when people go to Universal they buy the robes they buy the wands they buy all the Harry Potter stuff you know and so, Star Wars Land has like an equivalent, which is like you can build your own droid, and you can build your own lightsaber, and um, just based on lines, it didn't seem to be as popular as the Harry Potter shit. Um, so I don't know what to say there, really. But um, some of those choices, I'm not a big fan of. Hmm. Rise of the Resistance, honestly, two hour wait. It was totally worth it. I also waited two hours. For Hagrid's magical motorbike adventure. <laughs> and it was also worth it. Um, but Another ride that broke down while I was waiting for it. Because oh, rides no. these days are just so complicated. Like, the simplest thing can make them break down. The Star Wars one, because it's, like, trackless. But I think the Hagrid one is so complicated because it's, like... They run nine trains at a time or something insane like that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so if someone gets stuck, it's, like, yeah. over. <laughs> Well, it's, like, it's also you get stuck, and it's like parts of the train go backwards, parts of it go forward, so like they have to keep switching tracks. I need, so you, I need to go on that ride. It's really oh good. God. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, it's worth a two-hour wait. Um, also, the new VelociCoaster they just built. Um, better than the movie, <laughs> of course. And you know what the story... You know how, like, how there's a storyline behind all these rides? Mm-hmm. You know what the storyline behind the VelociCoaster is?
1: You have to save Blue?
2: No. Um, welcome to Jurassic World. We decided to build a roller coaster <laughs> that went through the velociraptor cage.
1: Oh, I'm sure that worked out really well. You know what? That is exactly what these fucking uh, fake idiots running Jurassic Park would have done.
2: It is, but it's also so funny that Disney is like, "No, you're on a ship being captured by the Empire as you fight for the resistance." And it's like, "We built a roller coaster." It's <laughs> like the story. Um, <laughs> Also, there's like they retain the sexism from the movies for the ride.
1: Oh, isn't that the most important thing?
2: Because Bryce Dallas Howard comes out and is like, Welcome, the ride is totally safe. And then Chris Pratt comes out and is like, Don't listen to this, broad. Like, really? I don't know if he said broad, but he, he might as well have. Oh, <laughs> like, that's
1: unfortunate.
2: Uh so yeah, it's fun. Um Harry Potter Land also, the Gringuts ride, it's like they included robotic anti-semitic looking looking goblins (laughs) oh boy yeah but that ride sucks so don't ride it unless there's like a 10 minute wait or something okay they should cross
1: over the harry potter rides with the the velocicoaster
2: voldemort comes out on that one really and and he's like he's like about to vodka daver you but then they save you so oh good don't worry I was getting scared for a second. Yeah. Whoa. Look out, Whoa. it's Ray Fiennes. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Harry Potter? I think he says that Yeah. you, like what he's looking at. <laughs> oh, here. is it actually him? <laughs> um, yeah, it's Ray Fiennes. It's the, they got the cast for the movies for all the stuff.
1: Oh, that's great. That's like the best thing about those movies now.
2: The one sad thing about the Hagrid one is that like Robbie Coltrane who played Hagrid is just like so old now mm. that like you can just kind of see it in him. It wasn't as bad as it looked on video I watched originally on YouTube. But yeah, he's just an older guy. Like, it's a little sad that they made him dress up as Hagrid again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To be like, we're gonna take you on these motorbikes to see some blast-ended scroots. What?
1: Yeah, that's what he says. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm assuming that was English, that last part? Yeah, blast-ended
2: scroots. They're a thing in Harry Potter. Okay. But like, you know, the Harry Potter ride, it's like it's so weird. The Harry Potter ride in the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ends up being like the most progressive thing in the Harry Potter universe now. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like Dumbledore has decided to finally open the gates of Hogwarts to muggles. So you're like the first muggles that get to visit uh, Hogwarts. And you're going on a tour. And then Harry and his friends come out being like, look, this tour is super boring. <laughs> We're gonna sneak you away to come see a Quidditch match. And, of course, shit goes wrong. Fucking Hagrid lets a dragon out or some bullshit, like...
1: You know what? That sounds like so much fucking fun.
2: It's a ton of fun. And it's on this weird, like... You're on, like, a a weird... They call it a robo-coaster. And it's basically a dark ride, except they whip you, like, around and over like crazy. It's... Those, the two, the, the Forbidden Journey and uh, Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure are the two really fun ones. Um, the other stuff, eh, not so much. I'm trying to see what the Harry Potter
1: thing is that I went on here. Because I, I did a I did a one of those dark coasters too, but it was not what you are describing at all.
2: I, I thought you guys had the Forbidden Journey. Is that what that is? Because I
1: don't remember any of that. I went in 2016, (laughs) and I remember having tons of fun, Mm -hmm. uh, but I I don't remember a single bit of that.
2: If they rush you through through the line quickly, or if you do, like, a fast pass, you will miss the storyline. Because a lot of that is, like, uh, a hologram. It's a hologram of Dumbledore coming out being, like, welcome, students. It's like, we appreciate having Muggles in Hogwarts for the first time. And then you go in, like, the fucking... uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts room, and that's when Harry and his friends come out, and they're under the uh, invisible cloak or whatever, and they come out and like, "Hey, we're gonna sneak you out because this trip's boring." It says here on um Wikipedia that it is the Forbidden Journey in uh Hollywood Studios. Huh. I have no
1: idea why I can't remember that. Maybe I just ignored the premise.
2: It's, it can be a little intense the first time through it, so maybe, like, you're not picking up on what's going on.
1: Yeah, and I was, like, I, I was fighting my feelings about J.K. Rowling and also getting swept up in the magic of this fucking yeah. bullshit.
2: I think, um, I don't remember when, when I wrote it the first time, J.K. Rowling had not gone all out with her bullshit. Okay. So, I had that excuse. I did write...
1: 2016, I think, was, like, the right before Fantastic Beasts, right, was okay. the turning point. Okay. Maybe.
2: Cause I, uh, I, I'm not I. not
1: patting myself on the back or anything. I'm just, well, no,
2: I definitely rode uh, Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure um, this year. Okay, so. yeah.
1: Fucking class trader over here. Hey. No No, look, uh, look, I also
2: rode the fucking Velocicoaster and you know how I feel about that shit.
1: I like the implication in the trailer for the new movie that Chris Pratt and the makeshift family are fugitives, <laughs> I actually, this isn't a, none of this is about Star Wars anymore, but I hate how into the premise I am. I just don't think any of it looks good. Don't, <laughs> so I'm okay with not Don't you
2: dare it. fucking go see it.
1: I'm not. Stay I'm not, home. I'm good. I have Fallen S- Kingdom.
2: Yeah. You fuck.
1: <laughs> no, but I also have Star Wars, which did genuinely inspire me lately uh, yeah. and i it's not like i've needed it it's just like you know we're all kind of going through
2: i kind of did need visions the morning i watched it i'll just say oh. that
1: okay good good
2: i'm glad uh, so it was nice to watch um it's a lot of fun
1: yeah you know and and just like visions and the stuff that has excited me about star wars tv Uh, definitely none of the actual story stuff, but like the actual filmmaking stuff with it, like the Batman uses similar technology to the Mandalorian and like, Jesus Christ, that fucking movie looks so good. I've Mm. seen it like five times now I'm part of the problem, but like just what we can do with all of this and like, be it the inspirational story aspects or like the technology. It's just, uh, it's cool to see that star Wars still has that potential.
2: Did you yeah, hear Matt... that the uh, Batmobile was David Lynch inspired?
1: I don't, I don't believe that, but
2: <laughs> I mean, <Matt laughs> what Reeves could that... that possibly mean? It probably means that he watched
1: fucking like Eraserhead and was like, "Look at all this machinery. Wouldn't it be cool if the Batman, oh, the Batmobile had machinery?"
2: Yeah, no one's ever thought of that. I know, I know. But here,
1: here's the thing: Matt Reeves, at least, like, I see where his inspirations come from. Yeah. At the very least, and I haven't listened to his commentary track yet. Apparently, it's with the iTunes bundle, so. I guess I have to get that, because I find this movie fascinating. Fuck that. I'm not... The fuck? I'm sure someone uploaded it to YouTube or something. Yeah, but... it's not on the.
2: Is it on the Blu-ray? There's only one way to find out. That's infuriating if it's not. Uh...
1: The rap... Did a like a breakdown of everything he talked about in the commentary. So maybe I'll just read that. <laughs> okay. But I I do think he's a fascinating filmmaker to listen to, like talk about <laughs> stuff. So.
2: Oh hey, and one more thing about theme parks before we go. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So when Hagrid,
2: according to like all reports, they opened Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure. That's the actual name. Um, they opened it like a little early because the way they had it set up, they announced the date they were going to open. A bunch of nerds um, immediately bought tickets to be there that day. And they had, like, people from the movies that to be there to, like, open the ride. One thing that was a little fucked up, one of the people they had at the opening day for the ride was Warwick Davis. And, um, God bless Warwick Davis, but he's, uh... He's too short to actually ride the ride. Oh. Which is a, So it's a little weird choice to bring him out. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, and uh, I think uh, the actor playing Hagrid couldn't be there because of health reasons, but he did, like, a little video. Uh, the ride kept breaking down all opening day. And people waited literally all day for Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Mm. And you can find video on YouTube of people there, like, opening day or, like, super excited. And, like, you can watch as the sun rises and sets. While they are waiting in line <laughs> for Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, and I find that really funny because uh, the story came out. I think on oh, one day, the line officially got to be six hours long for Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Like that was like the average wait on a given day, and the head of Disney Parks gave some interview where they're like, "Are you kind of intimidated by like the clear popularity?" of Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure and like Universal. And he's like, not really, to us, a six hour wait is a sign of a failure because that means your ride isn't working. So you shouldn't be making people wait that long in line. And then like a month later, they opened Rise of the Resistance and it had similar mechanical problems and had six hour waits. So I just found that funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should all, because that, isn't that like the story for all theme parks? Like, every first day, like, soft launch or whatever, it all goes wrong?
2: Well, that's why they do soft launches, and a lot of what I hear they do now, especially at, like, the Disney parks, is they will do a day that's, like, employee day. So if you work at the parks, you can go and ride on them when the rides aren't officially open. Now, like, they'll be like, we can't guarantee the ride's actually going to be running, but if you want to try, you can try. Yeah, and so test they, taste
1: the, the meat on the cattle.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, look, like, I'm not even... Like, the ride is... By that point, the rides are safe. Like, I don't want to make it out like they're... in. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm just
1: being... I'm, I'm being confrontational. Yeah.
2: But they... Like, I, for all accounts, they didn't do that with the Hagrid ride. Because they had to open on the date they selected. Because it's also... I believe it was on June 13th, which is important in the Harry Potter universe. Because that's the day Tom Riddle... Uh, framed Hagrid for the murder of uh, Moaning Myrtle or whatever. Oh. (laughs) So, like, nerds really cared about that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't go over super well. (laughs) But, hey. I just need to be the poor son of a bitch that's, like, you're in line for three hours and it's like, actually, we're closing for the night because we can't get the ride working.
1: (laughs) Well, here, I gotta tie this back into Star Wars before we wrap up. John Williams. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Whoa! Matt, where can
2: the people? T- <laughs> he didn't even do anything. <laughs> for John any Williams of the stuff did we the music th- for both franchises. Yeah, but he didn't do any of them specifically for either of these shows or the ride.
1: No, but we talked about both of the franchises, and that's that's the connective tissue I have. So, all right, fucking... well,
2: good job, Diego. Thank you. I Thank knew you. I could count on you.
1: I I don't know what people would do without me
2: neither do I
1: yeah Matt where can the people find you
2: Um, I'm at EmperorOTN1 at twitter.com
1: and you can find me at the Diego Crest check out the waffle press on Twitter YouTube SoundCloud Spotify iTunes and Patreon uh, where you might get the Doctor Strange uh, episode early if you're on Patreon this weekend Uh, I'm doing a last minute recording with uh, the boys from that 90's Spider-Man show we're gonna talk about Doctor Strange we're gonna see if uh Sam Raimi pulled it off or if I'll want to kill myself. So thanks everyone. Uh, don't forget to check out the descriptions for donations on uh much more serious topics than what we talked about today. So good night.
2: Just like visions, we end on a downer. <laughs> good night everyone. Oh.
0: <laughs> we we did it.